2: We're not live on YouTube. We're not live on stream. what?
3: On oh, the YouTube. Christian they can't
2: get they can't get there they it are. is. All right, Panther fans, what's the deal? Tony Dunn, C3Panthers podcast. Cody, it says we're live on my end.
4: Yeah, okay, we are. We are Okay,
2: now. you make me so crazy. This guy, Cody and I are going to be arguing all night tonight on the C3 Panther yeah. podcast. Welcome to the show. My name's Tony Dunn. We're live here on Tuesday nights, chopping up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. Tonight's episode, 19.14, Panthers draft, dope or a little dumb? We're asking that tonight. We're going to be talking about the conclusion of the 2019 draft. The Panthers movement in there, the drafting of a backup quarterback, and all of the additions and what this to this team, how it unfolded, we'll be reliving some of that uh, tonight and trying to figure out, was this draft dope or a little
4: dumb? I'm here with Cody Lashney. How you doing, Cody? I am doing wonderful, my man. The chat room is lit. Panthers got underground Wesley Charter, brother Herbert, man, I am so excited The Carolina Panthers 2019 draft is in the book, and there is so much to talk about, y'all. We genuinely came away with some great players, and you know we're going to talk about the elephant in the room. Tony Dunn ain't nothing to it but to do it. Let's roll, man.
2: Guys, before we get started, we'd like to continue to thank you for your support, and we ask you again to do it right now. If you're watching on YouTube, smash that thumbs up button. All you gotta do is turn your phone from landscape to portrait. Ask Susan all about it. She will explain how that goes. And uh, subscribe. If you're listening on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Radio, wherever you get your podcast. we appreciate you guys. Leave a rating wherever you're listening. Send us an email at carolinacatchronicles at gmail.com. And as you know, the best part of the show is when you guys engage in the conversation through the Cat Calls line. The number is 252-228-5098. You can be a part of the longest running Panthers podcast out there. Hopefully everything is rolling smooth, rolling smooth like it was for the Carolina Panthers in round one as they drafted Brian Burns. Man, this was a moment, Cody, and I'm telling you this, this is how it sounded if you guys missed the C3 Panthers or the live draft party that we had on the opening round. You missed the show. Brian Burns! Brian Burns! Yeah! Brian Burns! Here it is. Brian
0: Burns! Brian Burns! Brian Burns! Yeah! Brian Burns! yeah. Brian Burns! yeah. 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 Nova Black. Yeah. Crazy. Clap, crazy, Nova, Everybody thank you.
2: Nova. Yeah, baby. You man, baby. Nova Black bringing you the pick from within Panther Stadium. We appreciate that, Nova. Brian Burns, the Panthers sixteen, number 16 overall selection after a interesting But sanitary at some point, I think the biggest surprise was the Cleveland furl move at, what, three, four, four by
4: Oakland. And then all of a sudden,
2: you were licking your chops, weren't you, when Brian Burns is there on the board at 16.
4: Oh, how could you not be, man? And, you know, know, I've done so much research on these draft picks that I actually didn't even know until a, a few days before the draft that Stanley's older brother was a seventh-round draft pick by the Carolina Panthers in 2006. And uh, he was at the red carpet, and he was pretty happy about it, man.
5: Stanley, there's been a lot of emotion in this room. Carolina Blue. (laughs) Ain't nobody told me nothing but God. Carolina Blue. I put in that work. Now it's time y'all go get my little brother now. Love you, Carolina. Love you. Thank you, God. You know what it's like
4: to be drafted. That's excitement, man. That's some brotherly love right there. I'm calling um, you out. You you. did know.
2: You did know that night that he was brother to a Carolina Panther.
4: No, I knew that night. It took me like a a few days before to to realize that that was something that that happened. Watch Uh,
2: this. Listen to this part of the call when we announced on the draft party that Brian Burns is the pick. Let's get Brian Burns, Bank of comes. America. Yeah, I will. Thank you guys very much. You're the best. Brian Burns, the Panthers' first-round draft
0: pick. How are we? There it goes. And out here is
6: excited. Here it comes.
2: Here it comes. Look Look at it. It. Here's CK. I y'all know it.
3: we drafted his brother back in 2006, right? Yeah. His brother?
0: Huh? I didn't know huh? that.
2: Huh? <laughs> Best part of the whole show right there. We drafted his bra- huh? Well, we Well, fa- I found out that, too, with Nova Black. That's when I found out.
4: Yeah, man. Listen, I hope everyone is genuinely ecstatic. I know there are some questions about the man's weight. But let's just jump into it, man. Uh, I mean, Brian Burns represents a genuine physical threat coming around the edge with speed and quickness. That we have not had in such a long time. His ability to get low and get to a point where the offensive tackle can't do anything with you, and he's still able to maintain his balance—that is unprecedented athleticism. He had all the production in college. He he always had to be game planned for, and there were times when the the best pass protecting offensive tackles, like Jawan Taylor, I mean, they couldn't do anything against him. Brian Burns has crazy athleticism. And, you know, everyone's worried about the weight. But, you know, listen, this man fits into what we do. He's already into superheroes. This man calls himself Spider-Man. Okay, he is the web slayer for us. If he's able to shoot his hands out faster than the offensive tackle can, if he's able to use leverage in his favor. You know, Tony, I know you were concerned about his play weight. I know a lot of other people were, and in my mind, I feel you know if you use him on passing downs in the NFL and for the Carolina Panthers, and let him have some time to bulk up, he played most of his football in a four-three defensive end stance at Florida State. I'm just not real worried about it. I do think he has the uh, ability over time to be a true four da- or three-down defensive end in the NFL. I mean. The dude has top tier athleticism. Panthers guy to FSU
2: in the chat room says we've already been preparing for the three four since last draft with Marquise Haynes, and if you look yeah. at it and you start thinking about some of the nuggets that they've been dropping about how we're going to adapt and change in the defense going forward, you see this first pick in Brian Burns. You've invested a lot at sixteen in a guy that you don't want to to overly limit. Right, is that he has some God given athleticism right at this moment. His youth that could that would fit right now best at a 3 4 defense. I think right here, you see it continued at the very least. The Panthers definitely more committing with this pick, and we'll see how the later picks also potentially lend towards the Panthers really making more of a significant shift. Than we prob- maybe at first hand expected. Let me ask you this: Is uh, how much um, if if the Panthers were to to go different in the first round and pick um, an offensive lineman here, right? Which we went defensive line. Then we're going to talk about our getting a tackle in the second. But say the Panthers decided to wait to the second for a defensive end. Here's the name. Montez Sweat goes off at 26. The next defensive, the edge player that is taken off the board is by the Indianapolis Colts, Ben Banagu. Bonagu? Bonagu? Ben Bonog, ben, who I did Benogu, like a lot. And then Polite. Those are tell me yeah. about and Winovich. So it goes Banagu, Polite, Winovich. We're talking Winovich is the third. So Polite, Banagu, Bonagu, whatever his name is. Benogu. Benogu. Yeah, Benogu. 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 Uh, Benogu. Tell me the drop-off between Burns and Benogu. Like if you were to put those two players side by side.
4: Yeah, so uh, Benogu is another guy that doesn't have a lot of playing weight. He's around 250 pounds, but he had crazy measurables at the combine. Um, He was someone that I did like a lot. But he doesn't have the upside of a Brian Burns. There's an elite level of athleticism in Brian that that is, I mean, it's unparalleled. The guy had a a, a 4.5, 40-yard dash at 249 pounds. I mean, if Montez Sweat hadn't run that crazy 40 number, we would all still be talking about Brian Burns instead. Um, So, yeah, I do see what you're saying. And that's what led to my change of heart before the draft where I felt that it would be a better value to grab a premier edge rusher in round one as opposed to going offensive tackle round one because the drop-off was indeed steeper. And, you know, we're going to get to Greg Little here in a second, but I think how the draft actually played out for us is kind of a testament to that. A lot of people had Little as a first-round talent, and some of the knocks on him made him slip. So... When you see Brian Burns there at at 2016, he has a connection to the Carolina Panthers. I mean, this is a hometown pick, even though he's not from here. I mean, this is a guy that's a part of our culture. He's down with the superhero thing. This man is Spider-Man. This man could name off all five Infinity Stones, okay? He fits into what we're doing here in Carolina, and I am absolutely ecstatic that we drafted him. He's going to be a ninja star coming around the edge.
2: You listen to the first two picks come off the board. We'll talk about the second pick a little bit more, but just even the tone and temperament of these guys, they seem like they're they're going to be easy, uh, easy to integrate into the pros. I think that that's one of the things you're looking at here is that I'm not saying that personality is that just because a guy's got a bolder, bigger personality that they that they necessarily are a problem. But these guys seem, in some ways, like they're gonna fit lockstep in with with a team mentality. So I see a lot of character yep. when it comes to Brian Burns, um, and and just in those in those moments, well-spoken those types of things. Now going to the second round, the Panthers they move right, they move the Panthers move up in the second to get Greg, not so little little, they trade pick to pick number 37 on Friday night, exchanging their 47th pick and their 77th pick. So the Panthers give up a 77th pick to move up 10 spots. Obviously they had to swap, swap their, uh, their pick at 47 as well. But we move up 10 spots at the sacrifice of a 77th pick. The Panthers get Greg little. Now, a lot of people had appointed to Corey Ford, Cody Ford, who's coming off the, the the board right after that uh, to the Buffalo Bills. But uh, what we did here is trade up because there definitely was starting a run at the tackle position. You saw that um, the Atlanta Falcons trade up into Washington spot, I believe, to get Caleb McGarry. Juwan Taylor yeah. goes to Jacksonville at 35 And once Juwan Taylor comes off the board, the Panthers get aggressive and move up and get Greg Little, uh, offensive lineman from uh, Missouri, right? Ole Miss. Ole Miss, thank you. Ole Miss, excuse me. So this guy right here, Cody, I know a lot of people in the talk was, is that there were people were upset that the Panthers sacrificed a a, a pick here uh, to get Greg Little. So let's first talk about Greg Little. What do you think about him as the player in the in the selection?
4: So originally I wasn't very high on Greg Little. Then after we selected him, I went back and I, 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 I evaluated, and I kind of think that I was wrong in my initial assessment on Greg. So even though these clips that we're going to be playing right here, they show you that he can actually be a very good run blocker in the NFL, uh, these clips more accentuate that, but I want to make something um, explicitly clear. He is a pass protecting offensive lineman, and he is a big man. He had thirty five inch arms. that That was the longest of any offensive tackle measured at the combine. The man is. I mean, he's a monolith of a man, dude. He's like the mountain from Gamadron. He is a giant human being, and he moves well. He's not. He's not a, a slow kind of meandering offensive tackle. That's all power. He does have the ability to show some quick feet. He can be nimble on the edge. His kick sets are fluent. His feet rarely ever get caught up underneath him. Um, he is a big, powerful young man. Now, my criticism of him was he's not very—he's not very tough. You know, when he's blocking on the second level, I want him to put dudes in the dirt. I want him to be a bully on the field and and be someone that that is going to be angry about wanting to protect our quarterback, Cam Newton. But if you listen to his his interviews that he did, and we're going to play a little bit of that, he seems to have taken all of that to heart. He knows where the criticism of him has come from, and he wants to be better. And, hey, the first thing that he said was, I want to protect Cam Newton for a long time, so sign me up, brother. I'm, I'm all about
2: it. Let me tell you this. is Right now, I'm in love with the Greg Little pick. And the reason me I too. love this pick here is that this is what a left tackle really needs to be in the NFL. That's an NFL-looking left tackle when it comes to athleticism that can last. Here's the deal. Is that at the end of the day, yes, there are those mean, gritty, sturdy-bodied men. But a lot of times, those are the dudes who play guard. You're talking about the what is the difference between somebody who plays guard and, uh, and offensive tackle generally is not their meanness. It's one guy has to be mean because he's not as athletic as the guy playing to the left of him. So yeah, this is where I think that I like the little pick here is that this guy is not a selection that you pick and you go, huh, He could be a right tackle. He may really end up being a guard. And we hope that we could see if he plays left tackle. I think you look at this guy and you say, this skill set transitions to the left tackle significantly well. This is what you are trying to get to work at left tackle. So let, instead of forcing a guy who is not made for that, to play at a position that requires... Some, to play essentially above his pay grade i like little kind of being a finesse player you see while you say he is a big man he's not a fat man he's moving he's, no. he's fluid he's fluid he's six
4: foot six six foot six 320 pounds and he carries it well I mean, he is a long, tall young man. And also to add this in there, in 2015, he was ranked the number one offensive tackle coming out in high school. The number one ranked. I mean, the the frame, the athleticism, everyone's seen that in him for a long time. His upside is absolutely bananas.
2: I looked at some of the high ends, and I'm not a draft scout, but I look at some of the high-end tackles. I think this is Ken Ken D. said this to me. He had a lot of good points on this. He said, first of all, is that um, you can't really coach quick feet, like smooth feet. can't really coach that. Is that like you either a big man that can move or you're not, or you're a big guy that can hustle, (laughs) right? And then on top of that is that this guy is probably – the game has always been pre- relatively simple to him. So he has not stepped on the gas as much as potentially the next level of coaching staff could motivate or teach, refine someone to do to show them the small importance of that, like the longer game. But what you get here is a guy who you think. What you can't is that. What is when you're looking at the other guys, you can't these the the upside for him is long term left tackle with good coaching. I would say that we think that that's the upside for some guys like Dillard and some other things. But I don't know if we don't look at them and go in eight years they might be playing guard or right tackle.
4: Well, I, I didn't think that about Dillard, but I, I do hear what you're saying, and I, I do agree with you. And listen, I mean, Greg Little is someone that was being talked about, you know, so they're already doing 2020 year or two early mock drafts, and they do that every year. So so in 2018, after that draft, a bunch of mocks had him as, uh, as a, a top 10 pick. I mean, this guy has been talked about for a long time. The reason why Ole Miss' offense drives me and other people that evaluate talent up the wall because they did have so much talent and yet they were so underutilized. And um, Brandon Herbert in the chat makes a great point. He only allowed 29 pressures and three sacks in three years that he was there. Keep in mind, this is protecting against SEC uh, defensive ends. He didn't miss a game either.
2: He didn't miss a game. Never either.
4: missed a game. Never missed a game, and you didn't really get an opportunity to see him at his best because old Misses' offense didn't have a lot of pass sets. They, they were really a. Uh, they didn't have a lot of uh, drop back protect the passer kind of plays. they're more of a read option kind of football team. So, but when Greg was asked to do it, he was lights out, man. Um, If he's able to play with some more aggression and some more power and utilize his strength, I have no doubt Greg Little might have the highest upside of any offensive tackle in this draft. And he's a Carolina Panther.
2: So the good point that Ken made to me when we were talking is that anybody who's outside the top five picks is going to have something in their game they have to improve. Right, is that if you are yeah. a person who is a day one perfect, like veteran level pro, you're going top five now, or maybe we could say that to top 10 if you want to be generous. There were no offensive linemen t- pit selected in the top 10 of this draft, so at the same time, somebody all of these guys have something. Uh, that is not going to necessarily make them the most dominant person immediately at their position as they come in or else they would have gone earlier at this point though I think Greg Little has a skill set a physical skill set and ability that could supersede all of these guys when it comes to being a tackle in the long run I love this pick the Panthers did sacrifice a 77th Cody Let's hear what Marty Herney said or what Greg Little said when it came to his question about this critique of his toughness.
3: What do you think they meant, teams meant by that edgy comment?
2: Just want to see me put guys in the dirt, you know, yep. from, from seeing me. I got a guy locked out and grabbed. How about just, you know, throw him extra. You know, just he's not mean, extra though. Extra, after. He's not mean. Just, yeah. he's, he's not so, my um, job.
4: He's a sweetheart. He, he, about he
2: was like, I know you have it in you. I believe in you. And uh can't thank him enough. So look, he tries to say that I do have a mean streak. It's just that I don't know though if I really need a guy playing left tackle who's got the mean streak or a guy who's got the finesse to play the position and a smoothness. So I'll save the mean streak for Daryl Williams. I'll save the mean streak for Trey Turner. I'll save the mean streak for whoever's going to be playing or Taylor Moten. I like these tackles to be – I think this is just a good old kid that's got quick feet and and, and pretty smart head on his shoulders.
4: Yeah, I mean, he he's incredibly smart. Um, I mean, he's a guy that, you know, he's going to understand all the intricacies of our offense fairly soon. He's going to pick up on the playbook and what his job is – to do he is an incredibly intelligent young man and like i said he does have an incredible upside i was personally i'll always admit when i'm wrong i was not initially happy with this pick when i was on twitter um i've had a genuine change of heart after i've looked at a lot of what he's done i think i was just kind of jaded to the old miss offense Uh, i wasn't really crazy about it and some of the players because of that but i mean he hasn't uh He has the body and the frame that is built to be a left tackle. Um, And I I do think that he's taking that criticism to heart because apparently a bunch of other teams told him that also. They told him that they want him to play mirror. So now he has a chip on his shoulder. He's like, okay, y'all think I'm soft? Let me show y'all soft. So I'm excited, man. I'm happy about it. When it
2: comes to little, though. Is that everybody, the major criticism, like you said, is that he's not mean enough tough, like, this nasty enough edge to him, this lack of edginess. Teams have told him this. Now, really, though, people weren't upset with the Panthers' progression through the draft at this point. If you think about it with this, in a vacuum, you think Brian Burns, you get a guy who you believe is kind of an elite-level pass rusher and can be uh, even better potentially, so we needed that. So you get somebody at 16, we're celebrating. Brian Burns, Brian Burns. Then the Panthers, again, the Achilles heel of this team forever has been the le- the offensive line, specifically with the left tackle. The Panthers, we don't know if they're moving Moten over. We don't know what they're really, the, the status of Daryl Williams I- uh, is. We wanted, potentially, we would have been happy with um a... With a Dillard at 16 We would not probably have been upset At this point So the Panthers then commit and get A left tackle at Like not a guy who We're going to try and see what Moten can do This really tells me that they want To keep Moten on the right They want to put Little on the left They want to maybe consider Daryl Williams at left guard I think that would be an amazing Fit right there beside the guy Put the mean guy beside the nice guy, right there. All of a sudden, I think the Panthers have dedicated a plan. You look at Little, you look at his physique, you look at that. The only thing you can say bad about him is that he's too nice and he's not mean enough. The real reason there was an outrage on Twitter and an outrage among Panther fans about and being upset was the trade aspect. The Carolina Panthers sacrificed the 77th pick to move up 10 spots. So let me ask you, Cody, let's have it out here. Was the trade the right move?
4: I mean, so if if the mindset is we have to get our guy and we have to make sure that, that we have Greg Little, so let's also talk about this too. Um, from everything I've read, uh, they valued Greg Little to be a first-round talent. So he very well could have been in consideration for us. Um, Maybe even at the 16th pick, uh, we don't know had Brian Burns not been on the board. Every team evaluates and puts their own grade on a player. So it's very reasonable that Greg Little might not have been there. If you see an, an opportunity in front of you to get a franchise defensive end in the first round, and then what is potentially your top offensive tackle in the second round, If, man, especially if little turns out like we're all hoping to, it's hard for me to look back on this and really be upset with it. Now, I think one of the takeaways is is that we didn't come away from this draft with a safety like we were all wanting and and hoping for. Um, And maybe one of those picks would have been a, uh, you know, a Chauncey Gardner Johnson who went to the division rival Saints. Or, you know, maybe it would have been Juan Thornhill. But, um, you know, the the fact that they had their guy and they put a value on protecting Cam Newton, I'm not really all that upset that, that we moved up a ton.
2: Let me tell you that Marty Herney has done it again, folks. Moving up to this spot was absolutely the right move. Not only did Marty Herney say this, that there was a run on tackles afterward, the Panthers we're sitting at 47 they trade to 37 you see also the bills trade up immediately after the panthers pick to 38 here's what happens all of a sudden we're talking about this you see juan taylor go off at 35 then the panthers pick greg little trading up there at 37 here it goes 38 cody ford 41 Dal- dalton reisner 44, Elston Jenkins. 48, Eric McCoy. All of a sudden, you're talking about the Panthers being right in there, sitting there hoping that they're going to get an offensive lineman that they believe could really be the guy that they need him to be. And instead, at that point, you're getting a pick 50, and you're sitting here going, damn it, we could take a safety right here, and they'd be better than the damn offensive lineman the Panthers spied their guy. They gave up a 77. But tell me this, who would they have picked at 77? They would have picked a guard somewhere in here. We would not have gotten a guy that could play tackle.
4: Well, uh, well uh, there are guys I liked that were still there. But listen, I'm not I'm not mad at this. I'm not mad at this. I, I, I like Greg Little. Um, you know, uh, I, I think all things considered, now because I can retroactively go, at, go back and look at every single pick the Panthers have made, I know that they're all from Power 5 conferences. I know they've all played against top-tier competition, and they've all been successful against top-tier competition. I also know that four out of our seven draft picks at one point in time were being talked about as first-round talents that the Carolina Panthers added to their roster. So can I look back and be, oh, well, a smart GM would have done this, 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 and blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, whatever. Who cares, man? We have the type of player that many people believe, many talent evaluators believe can be a franchise left tackle, and that's something Cam Newton hasn't had in forever. All the three says it in the chat. How long have we been looking for a left tackle? I love uh, it. I love it. I love it. I, I love it. Yeah, I don't. I'm not going to be some guy that nitpicks, you know, you have to have faith and commitment in the players that you evaluate. And if your player is on the board and that's the guy that you want, hell yeah, man, move heaven and earth and go up and grab your player. I'm I'm not mad at the trade.
2: I think it was the fantastic move right here. Again, Marty Herney impresses Marty Herney 2.0. I would I would argue it's very hard to find a lot of blemishes on the new Marty Herney's record to this point. Even here, let's see, let's hear from Marty Herney what he said that this trade did for the draft for the Carolina Panthers. The trade was the moment of the draft for the Carolina Panthers. Marty Herney saying here this is the watershed moment. Now we feel good. Let's let the draft come to us. More calmer ones, really. I mean, after again the trade up, the, the
7: the effort to trade up to to get Greg um, was probably the the tensest. Intense isn't the right word, but that it was the the most action revolved about around that. And then really, just
8: well, else. Else. with with faith and trust. <laughs>
7: faith and trust. That's it. <laughs> um, but then it was really it was really kind of smooth. And, and again, that's what I said. I think that was the key to the whole weekend is being able to, once we got Greg and we had Brian and, and then everything just fell into place. And, um, you know, then I, I know we probably got you guys, didn't make you happy, but we, we had to make that trade back from six to seven. But we just wanted to get two more players and, and we got the two guys we wanted.
2: Loving Marty Herney's moves right here. What he's talking about is adding players. I think what he's saying is this, is not only addressing needs, but adding players that have the of the athleticism and potential upside and caliber that we added in Burns on the defense, in Little on the offense, at this point, this makes the rest of the draft in some ways just the house money. You're playing with house money, and so it, I feel like I really think the Panthers did. Look, you're feeling good at here now, Cody. This is the watershed moment. The Panthers go on out here, and I'm arguing this is that we uh, other we're going to argue about the one thing to argue about later on in the show. But the
4: yeah, Panthers we're going to bury the lead just a little bit. Yeah, so we'll we're going to skip
2: the third round here at 100 because I think this is that my argument is that we would have picked him at 77 anyway potentially. So here you go. Yeah. Is this the steal of draft comes in the fourth round? Christian Miller. The Panthers draft a guy who His father was a pro I believe Played at uh, University of South Carolina All of a sudden Christian Miller Alabama I think right Here another sign the Panthers Want to make a significant change In the style of defense coming Tell us about this fourth round pick
4: So listen guys I 100% agree with Tony I 100% agree With Brandon Herbert in the chat Uh, At and, and le- le- let me say this first, trust me, we're going to talk about Will R- R- Greer. But we're going to bury the lead a little bit first. We're going to save him for last because we, a, 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 we-, we want to talk about him in depth. But I want to play this clip real quick of, uh, of Christian Miller, who is a player that was at one point in time being talked about as a first-round talent. But the, his injury concerns kept him from seeing the field. Uh, but he still managed eight sacks last year. I want you to watch this clip of Christian Miller uh, uh, practicing in Alabama and listen to what his coach says at the end. And I want you to look at how incredibly athletic what Christian Miller is doing actually is. But listen to what his coach says at the very end and apply that to Brian Burns and Christian Miller. And now think about we just grabbed both of them.
5: Chop, dip, and rip. Good. Chop, dip, and good. Finish. There you go. Good. No human being alive will go down there with you. All right? If you
4: drill like that, you'll get double-digit sacks. Double-digit sacks, okay? No that human alive will
2: get at- down on the ground like that and hover. I mean, that's like Mike Vick movement right there.
4: That is incredible movement right there. And he's right. And I brought this up a few podcasts ago. I heard Chris Collinsworth talking about Von Miller saying – You know, he has the ability to run full speed under a table. I mean, that's a different kind of athleticism. Uh, I mean, he he, uh, saw limited snaps because he had a hamstring injury last year and still had eight sacks on the season. The man is absolutely incredible. And in big moments, he's shined. This is him against Oklahoma uh, taking down Kyler Murray, going up against Bobby Evans, who was another player that was drafted. Look at the athleticism of Brian Burns coming off the edge and going and grabbing the incredibly fast... Christian Miller, not Brian Burns. Oh, yeah, Christian Miller, pardon me. That type of athleticism and and, and speed around the edges is is honestly just... I mean, that's what you want in a first-round talent. His effort to the football, he has a never-ending motor. I mean, that's the kind of player you want uh, to, to be rushing the passer, um, I agree with Tony. This is 100% uh, an incredible pick for us, and he's from South Carolina, so this is a homecoming for him of sorts. He even said so himself. Uh, the the man has uh, limitless potential, and if he's able to stay healthy, I absolutely love this. This might.
2: I mean, I have
4: uh,
2: a strong opinion about this. Is that I think that if with all the things that you see in Brian Burns at 16, I see that type of player and even I see this player as of the caliber of Brian Burns. I truly do. Now, here's the thing is that people say injury concerns. We're talking about a torn bicep, his uh, maybe his rookie, his red shirt, or no, his rookie season. He also had a hamstring injury that kept him out at the end of this season. You're thinking about two on a team where he's playing as in Alabama who loads up defensive guys. He's going to have to sit and wait his turn no matter what. As it is, then you have a couple injuries. I think you get a dad who was a pro who played at South Carolina who is that you get a guy right here who is going to be a contributor Faster than you expect. I could see this and we yes. come back in two years and all of a sudden this is the guy that's getting paid in two years and being celebrated. I think this is us. This right here is the icing on the cake for this draft. I'm so happy about this pick, but Cody, I truly believe too. this signals a commitment to a different style of defense. Not maybe that it has to be radically different, but I believe we're in a new era here when it comes to the Carolina Panthers of defensive ends who can move and are like basketball players.
4: Absolutely. And if you look at some of the clips I'm playing right there, he has his hand in the dirt too, right there, pushing the guard or the defensive end or the, pardon me, the tackle all the way back. I mean, the dude has crazy athleticism, but he's also strong enough to play with his hand in the dirt. I mean, I, I really do think that leverage plays more of a, of a factor a lot of times than you're playing with. I mean, if you if you're he's long, ba- He's you're more. Strong, he's
2: 250. He's even more than
4: Burns. Yeah, he's a, he's a big dude. He's, he's a well-filled out guy. He's chiseled. Um, he sets a very strong physical edge. We've seen Mario Addison do it. Mario Addison was an outside pass rusher, and, and then he started to put his hand in the dirt, and he's been the 9-10 to 10 sack guy every year for us. Um, I want to take a moment to welcome to the show one of the creators of the C3 Panthers podcast, Joe Rialano. How you doing, brother?
2: I'm good, man. I Joe, hope you guys well, are doing well. It's lovely to hear your voice, Joe. We've been talking about Greg Little and how that big man can move he can move his big quick feet and now we got Christian Miller here I think Joe that this may be I've been sitting here debating in my mind who's my favorite pick in this draft is it little is it Miller There, this is uh, what do you see here so far we're three picks in Joe not three picks we're skipping the third pick you're here. We've talked about Brian Burns. We've talked about Greg Little. Now we're talking about Christian Miller. Joey, tell us when I, you hear those additions to the Panthers. How you feel about the Carolina Panthers draft? Well, I think we don't uh, talk about Will Greer though. Okay,
7: <laughs> well, we're, we're definitely addressing some needs. Um, you know, Cam's been here since 2011. And he's never really. We've never done anything to to get him a a, a bodyguard or a Secret Service. Um, we've tried to put things together here and there, but we've never drafted a man whose sole purpose is to cover Cam's blindside. Well, we did it. We went ahead and did it. We spent some draft capital to do so, and we got the guy we wanted. I know you were discussing whether or not it was the right move. It was absolutely the right move to give up the, that pick to move up to get our guy. He wouldn't have
2: been there. Amen. Amen. He
7: would not have been there. So we, we definitely did the right thing. Um, as far as our first hit goes, I, I hear what everybody's saying, but I heard it all before.
2: <laughs>
7: I'm well, still you know, worried. Yeah, you should
2: worry about Vic Beasley, right? Is that, Man, isn't, it, that uh, isn't it the Dante Fowlers? The Vic, I guess Fowler though is is starting to work out. But those guys, to uh, that's it, who I think of when I think of these long, bendy guys. I think of Vic Beasley.
7: It's just those, those skinny guys that use the speed in college and they're able to you know, dominant in college, when you get to the pros, you start seen it all, man. But the good news, Joe, yeah,
2: the good news, though, is that that if we would have drafted them to do what we've asked defensive linemen to do, then it wouldn't work. But there's a lot of signals here, Joey, that we're trying to mix, to ask them to do a different thing than we would have asked them before in the past. Right now, when it comes to the personnel of this, the Panthers, I don't think, want to put, at any point, even if it's a passing down, I don't want to put Burns on the left side. Mm-hmm. Like, even if it's third and long, I almost feel like, gosh, well, why don't you put him... I don't know, is this, is how come you always have put that Mario Addison, the guy that you're trying to convert to the stronger, heavier position, you'd never have asked him to go on the left against the right tackle you've been trying to put him on the right side i would think then you're not going to move mario addison to the left to me this is signaling that we're not gonna that this guy is really going to be a stand-up pass rusher Mm -hmm. that's what i really think is that we have we've committed to this especially in free agency by getting guys and not chasing guys that are doing it the way we've seen before I think the answer to this Cody let's go ahead and play this let's go ahead and play the 4-3 defense what there is is there's a clip we've got in here somewhere in here I'm pretty sure we've got a clip Uh
3: We see their build and skill sets run and marquees from last year. Might you Marquise be leaning a little bit more towards the three union playing from the Well it just depends on situations. I mean you know, we went back and looked at you know last year and looked at we played uh, we played our,
4: our, our, our nickel package almost uh, seventy percent uh, of the time. So because of that, you know, your, your base front's not going to be as much as you, you you would think. So I think based on that, we've got to look at opportunities to change it up, mix it up. Um, because, again, we have we have some guys that have a skill set. So I'm pretty excited about being able to use these, these, these different types of football players. So, Cody, go ahead in
2: there. You know, I know that yeah, you've I been just advocating to, about this a little I bit. I just
4: want to jump in here, man. So listen, I, I, everyone knows I'm a, I'm a huge MMA fan also. I love fight sports. And one of the things that I've come to learn from watching fighters like John Jones and Israel Adesanya, yes, it's a much different sport. But when you have this long, tall, lengthy kind of frame, it, a lot of times your levers are just so much longer that it's really about you being able to get your hands on the opponent before they get their hands on you. I kind of feel like Brian Burns is the kind of player. That yeah, Is he ever really going to be a threat to beat you with a bull rush? No, I really don't think it is. But another thing that we need to consider is that the Panthers have always valued interior pressure. So I think when you look at Christian Miller and Brian Burns and Bruce Irvin, you should expect a much bigger year from K-1 Short. If they're able to get pushed up the middle, that causes the, the, the quarterback to have to drop back even further therefore making it so much easier for us, a player like Brian Burns to be able to bend the edge and get to the quarterback and really affect the passer. I mean, this is a guy that's had an incredible amount of pressures uh, in his time playing at FSU. And yeah, is he the most powerful guy? No, but I do believe that he does have the ability to add to his frame and become a stronger player at the point of attack. But as of right now, Man, you want him as a jackknife coming around the edge, and that's what I'm excited uh, for his uh, uh, potential and his ability to be able to do. And I think that he's going to fit in great doing just that early on.
2: Fantastic chat going down in the chat room. Go ahead and smash that thumbs up button. We need your support here. Look, Ross Gould comes in and says, don't forget that we have Veteran and Bruce Irvin, a guy that is a little bit in between both of those, right? That if, yes, could we ask him to put his hand in the dirt? Yes, we can. Can he stand up? That's what he does best, I think. Now, Panthers got FSU23 says what I believe may be the most poignant observation about Burns that we can have, and that is that Burns will play 3-4 most of his first season. That doesn't mean... He says that after with that, that growing and building muscle, what I would argue to you is this, is that let's not ask Burns to do what he's not ready for. Let's use the ability that he has at this moment to continue to to take advantage of that skill set. That does not mean that Burns in two or three years or three years from now is not the same, uh, limited to what he is today. I fully agree with that comment. Now, though, I think when you look at our linebacker core, guys, the fact that we have, right now, we only have one linebacker with real veteran experience. We've got Shaq Thompson behind Luke Kuechly, who has been in the league for a few years, but has not been in a full-time role. Behind that, there is Zilcho Nada. I think with the addition of Irvin, with the addition of Burns, with the addition now of Christian Miller, with Haynes, with the Addison light, I think that you can learn how much the Panthers defense will look different. Not by looking at those defensive ends. By looking at those linebackers, guys. Those real linebackers. Don't give me know of these. Don't be like, well, you know, Christian Miller's a linebacker. That's not the linebacker we know, right? Is we're talking about, we have two traditional linebackers on this team at this point, I think that tells us we're committed more than we actually thought we would be.
4: Yeah, and and before we go, uh, I, I just want to just jump in to say the last thing on, on Burns. This is him against Jawan Taylor. What many people said was the best tackle in the class, just getting to that back foot, turning the corner, and just absolutely obliter- obliterating that quarterback – For a strip sack that went to the house, man, let me tell you, you don't think Dante Jackson and Luke Kinkley are going to feast on some balls flopping around on the ground. I can't wait. I can't wait to see it. I'm so excited. They're they're looking to take that back to the end zone. And that's what Christian Miller and Brian Burns provide you. Um, But yes, I do hear what you're saying about linebackers. Um, The depth isn't, the depth is not the strongest there. I do think that it's hard to have depth at every important position um, on, on a team when you have a 53-man roster, but um, if if Luke and Shaq stay healthy, I have no problem with those two. None, in the none. I just, just think it uh, tells us this: is the, that the issues.
2: there's not a third beside them that you really want to be playing full time. Mm-hmm. That's my point. Is beside those yeah. guys, is really you need them two to be healthy, Joey. Because you really don't want to ever. We we weren't good when we had three linebackers out there anyway. But if we have to, <coughs> we don't want to be in that set. I think that that's what this is telling us.
7: Yeah, no, I think.
2: Um, I think
7: what you're saying is true. That those two guys, Luke and Shaq, are the only. They're going to be the engine that makes this defense go. There's no doubt about that. Uh, again, this is a totally different guy, Burns is, that we drafted, um, than Everett Brown. I've just seen it so, so often, I'm somewhat skeptical. And until I see him on the field doing, making plays, I'm gonna feel that way
4: yeah all right. I, that's understandable too all the all these guys they all have something to prove they have not proven themselves to be nfl caliber football players until they do it so that's true for all of them um i'm just i'm very optimistic i'll i'll i'll, I'll leave it at that all right
2: cody let's see this so now we've gone through christian miller the panthers they draft mm-hmm. Uh, in the fifth round, we go for, again, an offensive lineman, another guy with left left tackle experience. Go ahead yeah. and tell us about this selection while I get a beer.
4: Yeah, do your thing. Uh, so, uh, you know, basically what this is to me, another guy from South Carolina, he played for South Carolina, and he played left tackle. To me, this is insurance that should Darrell Williams leave in free agency next year, or should it go down to injury, that they have another player that they can depend on? And even though he played left tackle, I personally believe that on the NFL level, uh, he's going to be more of a guard type prospect. Um, I could even see uh, him maybe getting some reps at left guard. I don't know if he has the type of potential to be a starter this season. This is him on the Senior Bowl at the right, but he is a lot of player, a player that does have a lot of uh, potential. To be a very good pick uh, for the Carolina Panthers. I mean, we have not had a lot of depth on the offensive line, and now we do, and that's what you're getting um, uh, with Dennis Daly. Uh, this is a clip of him against Cullen Farrell, Farrell from Clemson, uh, and and he does a good job here at, at rerouting and and uh, mm-hmm. you know giving up. Uh, Giving uh, the quarterback some time to throw the football. Never mind that first down against my Clemson Tigers. We'll let that uh, we'll let that fly under the radar. But yeah, uh, Dennis Dillard is a player that I do foresee being a starter uh, on our football team, just not yet. I feel he needs a little more polish, and he represents some depth right now. Should any players get hurt on our offensive line? But he is another really good football player that I would not doubt it uh, if he is a starter at some point within the next few years.
2: This guy right here is that I, you heard Marty Herney talking about nobody's going to go through him, right? Stout. Stout is what he was describing him as. The Panthers, yeah. though, you, you're not upset here, loading up here. Um, When it comes to this, the I mean, if you think about it, we need guys in the trenches what does this yeah. tell us right now is that um, we're trying to – where do you – you believe this guy is going to come in here because Daryl Williams is on on a one-year deal?
4: Yeah, so Daryl Williams is on a one-year deal. And right now, frankly, we have two people that are going to play right tackle. It's going to be Taylor Moten or Daryl Williams. And I honestly don't know who plays what position because Taylor Moten had a lot of um, – training and reps uh, with the Panthers in practice at the left guard position. So they might decide to put Darryl Williams on the right side and Taylor Moten at, uh, at left guard. I don't know. But should they decide that they uh, don't, uh, uh, don't want to repay Darryl Williams or maybe someone goes down to injury? This is a player that a lot of people were high on, and, and he fell to the sixth round. Um, he's not the most athletic player. That's why I personally feel – his future in the NFL is in the interior, um uh, playing card at some point in time. So I, I do feel though, uh if you put Taylor Moten on the right side uh in two thousand twenty one and maybe put uh Dennis Daly at uh, left guard, that hey, that's a that's something I could very easily be down with.
2: What I like about this move right here is that we brought in last year we brought in Searles. <laughs> And we paid him mm-hmm. uh, not a anything like you're you're sitting there and go when this guy got injured and he fleeced us not like Giants fans say about Jeff Schwartz. <laughs> hey, Giants fans always talking shit to Jeff Schwartz and he's so sensitive to them about them take him stealing money and just being injured the whole time. But you could pay for a 27 year old guard a good amount of change for a guy who has been a versatile player role player who you think may be able to start at guard, you could end up paying them a good bit of money or more than they probably deserve. I think Searles is the name that comes to mind of that. I almost even think Mike Remmers is a name that comes to mind when it comes when it comes to that, even though yeah. he was a tackle at the time. He ended up playing guard the whole time. I like this is that I feel like, hey, you're getting a cost-saving device for a guy that you don't really want to start. Anytime time in the near future.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And listen, how long have we not had depth? I mean, how long ha- you know has a, an offensive lineman gone down, and and now we're just oh we're trying to sign Chris Clark off the sofa you know, wherever he's at. You know, we're off scrambling trying to piece together an offensive line. Now we have Van Roten on the squad. Now we have um, Tyler Larson on the squad. Now we have some reasonable depth at some important positions, and he has left tackle experience. So, yes, even though uh, Joseph Broach points out that Josh Allen ate him up, and he did indeed. He ate his breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He also Uh, ate up Greg
2: Little's breakfast, lunch, and dinner too.
4: And then maybe Greg Little, uh, yeah, well, Greg Little, dude, he was one of the best in the... the, Just for that game, um I'm pretty sure I've
2: seen highlights of Greg Little getting twisted back and forth when it came to
4: yeah every everyone has some uh some some things that they need to to train up on that's what happens when you go against the best, but it also means that they have played against the best so it's not gonna be such a, uh, a an incredible jump when they do play nfl uh caliber caliber talent.
2: Let's talk about the last picks of the draft Cody. yep uh the, I, is that I was thinking about the Panthers draft and I hear the guys talk. I hear what kind of personalities they oh. have. All, All, right, of All of a sudden, I think that the Carolina Panthers are just picking guys that are uh, that there's no storyline to other than the good lunch pail football players. Then you get the Panthers drafting Jordan Scarlett, the person that has some scars on his record. He has had a couple of issues in his past, whether it comes to smoking pot before maybe a bowl game or something to that effect, or or early in his maybe freshman year, as well as some sort of credit card abuse, misuse of school funds. Now, look, we've all done dumb things when we're 19 years old, but the Carolina Panthers have said that they, this Jordan Scarlett comes back to the team to finish out his last year, which they believe showed a commitment to a turnaround. They believe that that was a signal that they could invest in this individual. Tell us about Jordan Scarlett running back from Florida.
4: So listen, Jordan Scarlett was someone that the Panthers had even hoped would come out uh, last year, but he felt like he had something to prove because of everything that happened with him and this credit card thing. Uh, And it it was a whole big deal, but the Panthers have done their due diligence and they feel like he is a player. Uh, that is worth the pick. They said everyone on the Florida football team absolutely loves him. They rant and rave about him. They say that he's a high-character guy, that he's not the kind of character that you would ever imagine being caught up in a controversy uh, like that in the first place. But I want to let everyone know that the perfect change of pace running back for Christian McCaffrey has been drafted. Look what this guy does in between the tackles on these inside runs, man. I told Tony before the show, he has this Alvin Kamara quality where guys just can't get their hands on him. They grab him and try and hit him, but, man, he's just barreling upfield, and he's thinking about the end zone every single time. Jordan Scarlett is the type of person that he's not bigger than anyone, but don't tell him that. I mean, look at them trying to bring him down right there before the goal line, and it's just not happening. This is the perfect back to bring in on short goal line uh, uh, yardage plays. And, and when you want to take some of the load off Christian, or you have them both on the field at the same time, and they don't know if they are going to run with Scarlet, run with Christian, pass to Christian, he really offers up a kind of player that is going to be able to really help out uh, our, our, our running attack. I, I personally feel, and this is very early, that Jordan will play uh, meaningful reps for the Panthers in 2019. I, I love his film.
2: Joey, thoughts on Scarlett? Because nobody can disagree with Cody saying he's going to play meaningful snaps because we know Cameron Artis Payne will not.
7: <laughs> we know he won't because he's been on the team <laughs> forever and has never played any meaningful snaps. Exactly.
2: So I'm betting I think Cody... Is on the easy side of the bet, right? Is that that's the favorite? Is that Cameron Artist Payne doesn't play meaningful snaps? Absolutely. And,
4: and he ran a four four seven. So the dude that's that, pretty bad that was, that was a faster combine time than Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey ran a four four nine. So I mean, yeah, look, you, I mean, okay, yeah, you able that's to, really fast. You're able, <laughs> you able to see the highlights right here, man. This guy does not go down on first. No,
7: time. He, he, he he takes that initial contact and those feet keep turning. It's really it's impressive because he's not a big
4: dude. No, five ten. I think like two hundred and five or ten pounds is not. Yeah, he's, he's not, not a big guy.
7: but... He runs hard. This hard, is that
2: hard. if we can see, look, people get better throughout their lives. I did stupid crap when I was 17, 18, 19 years old, right? So if, if this individual, if they believe is continuing to kind of grow up and now isn't going to make these kind of dumb young decisions. Speaking of is that, I mean, we have a Cam Newton on our team who a lot of people would love to point out that he threw a laptop out a window that he allegedly stole. <laughs> the point that I'm trying to make here is that, look, the sins of when you're 17 don't dictate your entire life, but at the same time, you're looking at this guy if he can pan out, if he gets put in the culture that is putting him to work each and day, they see Christian McCaffrey, who I have real concerns about Christian McCaffrey right now, guys. Genuine genuine concerns
4: concerns Dude, Did like we what? see
2: that picture of him today? Yeah,
4: yeah nice. I don't remember it from
7: today, but and he is ripped
2: I don't think it's right I th- I think there is like I don't want to say that my man is juicing right but this mug his is turned into the guy that two years ago we were like is he durable enough for the NFL looks like a muscle man Like, I'm scared at this point that, you know, have you ever heard of running backs getting too much upper body strength where they need the power in their legs? And some people say, look, your skill set and that so guys that bench a lot as running backs don't necessarily it doesn't matter. Right now, I'm looking at Christian McCaffrey. I look like he's about to explode out of his damn skin, and he's gorgeous looking at it. (laughs) I've got real, real legitimate concerns here. I don't know what's up with Christian McCaffrey.
4: Christian McCaffrey was genetically engineered to steal your girlfriend. That's the way Christian McCaffrey is. That's a handsome young man. And listen, I I don't know. I mean, I kind of disagree with that too, you know? I don't know that it's going to hinder him. I mean, maybe you can say that the added muscle weight might slow him down. But just knowing the kind of athlete and the kind of dedication to his craft that Christian McCaffrey has, I generally don't see him being the kind of person that's going to do something that's going to hurt his overall effectiveness. We're talking about a running back that has the potential to be a 1,000-yard rusher and a 1,000-yard receiver every year. I mean, we've already mm-hmm. seen it from him. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I I just don't see him doing something that's going to put him in a position to not uh, as effectively be able to do what has made him his money thus far. Um, I'm just not worried about it. And, man, uh, dude, that dude is shredded, dude. I I think the
2: chat is misinterpreting me, right? Just because my concerns are not for christian mccaffrey and what i think he is as a player i think all of a sudden he could be like this superhuman player my concerns are is looking at like cody described shredded body it's so shredded, (laughs) it's like dk metcalf shredded you know to the point where you're like hmm that shit's not supposed to be humanly possible but it also has if it is possible, I want it happening on that dude on the Carolina Panthers. I'm not saying yeah, no that I don't like the transformation. All I'm saying is this is that dude looks like a freaking like if you could craft a like bionically somebody. Joey that picture with his arms. They were insane. <laughs>
7: It really was, because he wasn't even trying to show off. He was just going through his normal
2: workout and his routine. And like lifting five-pound weights it, and his biceps about exploded. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly
7: right. It was, I was like, holy cow. It's just you know, it like crazy.
2: And
4: can I also just say that... is really... This is
7: changing in for a vague season I hope year. so
2: Jake and, yeah. ba- and Bake in the chat room says this unverified right Unsub. I, I don't have any other sourcing other than this one statement CMC's little brother got caught juicing last year
4: which one he has like five little brothers <laughs> one his seven year old d- brother
2: his seven year old I don't know uh, but it's crazy uh, alright go ahead Cody get in there last point yeah, but, on that I know.
4: Uh, yeah. Last thing, whenever you're working out, uh, especially when you're in the middle of the workout, you have a thing called a pump going on. So your muscles are inflated. Is that what it's called? A pump. Work- no, you that's what they call it. you are inflated from your workout. But if you, uh, you know, take a picture of him that night and have him show you his arms, they're not quite gonna look like that. But okay. Uh, but yeah, he's in the middle of a workout. He's a professional athlete, man. Um, but I don't know. We'll, we'll save my stance for a uh, performance. Lesson learned, Joey.
2: Lesson learned. If you ever send a picture to a woman and it's a nudie picture, you gotta have. You gotta be in pump mode. <laughs> 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 pump mode. All right. So we got. Uh, who's this last? We got a last round pick. I don't even know his name. What's the last one? Yeah.
4: Uh, but no, that was. Um... Oh yeah. No. 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 So but now, no wide receiver. Yeah. we... Was it Terry
7: Godwin or Goodwin?
4: No, you all need to know about this man because he was once upon a time a five-star uh, receiver for Georgia. And look at this catch!
3: Receiver and Jim Cheney said it's benefited greatly he it's benefited every it every because he knows the concepts concept of every position. From,
4: from going deep, high arcing shot, right. it is hauled right. in. Terry right. Godwin and he stays refuses up. To, to go down. And makes it into the end zone. That is incredible. That's yards after the catch. Um, I thought I had grabbed it. He had a one-handed catch versus Notre Dame. Um, but uh, everybody was like, "Oh, that was the fluke. That that was a fluke. He can't do that again." And then my man did this in their spring game. He just went up and grabbed Let's that, that again.
2: Hold on, let me get yeah, look yeah, at this
4: I'll scary, Yeah, I'll play i it again. I didn't have it on full screen. I'll play it one more time. Let's see what we got here.
0: Keep
4: I'm telling you, man, Terry Godwin is a beast and you know uh knowing that we're not going to have um Chris Hogan uh, after this year, knowing that we're not going to have Jarius Wright this year, and also considering that we're probably going to be playing Curtis Samuel as an outside receiver on the next level. I mean, this is the type of player that you put in the slot and let him be a yards after catch player. I mean, this is a good player. He was a five star athlete uh, when he committed to Georgia. So he really does have the potential. To be a contributor for us right away,
2: shake and bake says Max McCaffrey suspended four games 49ers last year. If that is the case, I'm gonna say this is um, Christian, if you need me to pee for you, you probably <laughs> should ask Susan. Um. Uh, Yeah. Go. Go.
4: Hey. All right. So so uh, let's get to this. Yeah, Tony Don, Joe Rialano. Should we just uh? Should we jump to the elephant in the room? Because I think it's about that time that we do it. Right. What is it? All right. So, uh, if I can remember which video it is in our list of uh, list of videos, Will Greer. Uh, Oh, that's the one. Yep. All right. That one. Hey, Nashville, what's good? Keep pounding,
3: baby. Keep pounding. We're in the building. I just want to say we represent for the North Carolina, South Carolina area. I'll give a shout out to my small town,
7: Hawkinsville, Georgia. With the 100th pick in the 2000 NFL draft, and the 2000 the Carolina, draft,
3: uh, the Carolina Panthers select Will Greer, quarterback, West Virginia. Hold on, so Glad the wait for Will Greer yeah. is now over. His college career started in Florida and then moved to West Virginia. He was coached by his father, Chad, in high school.
5: His younger brothers are social media influencers, are stars. Read they have a combined 15.4 million followers. Hayes, his brother,
8: youngest ever to participate on Dancing with the Stars, and Nash, the older of his two younger brothers, was named as one of the 25 most influential teens by Time yeah. Magazine in 2014. Even his sister has over a million followers on Instagram. And there's
4: Will. All
2: right, there's Will. With there his is Will. Picture there perfect is family. Will.
4: So, yeah, and listen, okay, so we're, well, we're, we're, we're going to go in depth on this, um, but there's a point that I want to make about this pick that, that really rings true to me, and Tony, if you would play that audio clip of David Tepper speaking that I asked you to isolate uh, before, uh, I I really want everyone to pay attention to the words that David Tepper is saying here, and then I'm going to elaborate
2: Listen to the words coming out of his mouth.
8: And we'll, listen you know, we'll to make the words. appropriate changes as we see fit. On the offense side of the ball, listen, that is obvious to anybody who watched this team. There's no secrets there. Um, Cam's shoulder obviously was an issue late in, late in the, later in the season, the second half of the season, if you want to call it that. Um, I think it's pretty well known that he wasn't throwing in practices. That was probably a problem that threw off his rhythm. Um, and, it, you know, at the end of the season, you know, we couldn't throw the ball downfield which was a big problem. When a team goes through a 1-7 stretch to finish a season, there's going to be questions about changes at the top. You've decided to head into 2019 with Ron Rivera as your head coach, Marty Herney as your general manager. Why is that? Why Why stay there? So starting with Marty, I think, you know, I think that uh, he has a good handle, a good handle on the draft, and I'm pretty sure that he can look at the talent we need in the draft to make the team better, which I think he has contributed to. Well, contributed to in the future. Everybody still, that listens to this last. Ron part. is a good coach. He has the locker room still. He always had, never lost it. If you look through the season and what happened, there were some mm-hmm. unforeseen things there. Um, and again, if you look at Camp's shoulder and you really analyze it, you know, it was a couple games there that, if but for the shoulder, we would have won. You're always talking with
4: Ron. Yeah, it it is. Is. If, it, if it wasn't for the shoulder, we would have won. I want to let everybody know that we did not just draft just some run-of-the-mill backup quarterback. We uh, drafted a player who, for my money, was the third-best quarterback in the draft. He is from Charlotte, North Carolina, and he has already thrown for five touchdowns in Bank of America Stadium. We're talking about Will Greer. And Will Greer is a deep ball thrower. And what this represents to me, this is David Tepper telling everyone, I just spent $2.2 billion on the NFL franchise. We put high-caliber SEC players on this team through the draft. We got a franchise left tackle, two brand-new edge rushers, and a change of pace back for Christian McCaffrey. Should Cam Newton not be able to to play out this season or the shoulder be a problem as it was last year, the Carolina Panthers just drafted a premium insurance policy. A premium insurance policy. What I
2: love policy. about this, Joey, is that two weeks ago we're on the podcast and Cody says if we draft a quarterback, he's going to go nuts up not so here is this is that the Carolina Panthers obviously had their guy on the in their sights this is an interesting comment from Ross Gould supposedly the Panthers draft board was number one Haskins two Drew Locke three Will Greer ahead of Murray and Jones you can go back and check the reactions to Daniel Jones going number six overall on the C3 NFL live draft party as everybody laughed in Dave Gettleman's face At that Mm -hmm. moment, and that time, it was crazy. But here, the Panthers in the third round get a guy that I guess we all knew that they were interested in. This was the worst-kept secret in the Panthers draft scouting board here, Joey. Will Greer, the Panthers... Tell me about what you think about the Panthers drafting a backup quarterback.
7: Well, you know, what Greer was the, was Mr. Football in North Carolina, I think, two years in a row. Yeah. I think he, he won a state championships. Um, he was the number one high school prospect coming out of high school, going into college. He was number one. And he played, he started his career at Florida. Yeah. In the SEC, so you know my man has got to have game. Because, as we all know, the SEC is a minor league of the NFL. Um, so he got into trouble and, uh, um, left school and ended up in West Virginia. And he really, ha- he really was able to show how skilled he is running the offense that they did at their and let's, let's be for real about this. This is 100% an insurance plan. I think the ownership saw how good we started last year at 6 and 2 and how one injury to one player ruined the rest of the season. And if we had a capable backup quarterback, then, you know, we still may have made a playoff run. But we didn't. And so I think, um, first of all, this is the first quarterback we've drafted since Cam. And, you know, it's about time. Uh, Cam can't be our quarterback forever, so eventually we do need to start looking for his replacement. And at the same time, um, if Cam can't come out from this injury for whatever reason, um, Greer may be the guy to step right in right away and take the reins and, and drive this car.
2: Let me tell um, you this, Joe. This selection right here, Will Greer is a pretty boy. He's too Hollywood for Carolina. He's too Hollywood for Charlotte. He may be just Hollywood enough with his long, beautiful hair at one point in his career, now his picturesque family life, when it comes to his his Instagram model brothers that he's got and all of this. He may just be Hollywood enough to not cower when Cam Newton... Walks into the room. I'm telling you, boy, this is not a Charlotte guy. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, hold he on. Is. He's actually from Charlotte. Damn it.
4: Damn.
2: He <laughs> he's from Charlotte. Charlotte. This is a Hollywood kid who needs to be in LA. He needs to be a backup for the Jets. Now, is he too pretty, boy, for me? And I'm telling you this, is that with all that flash, all that style, and his brother Instagramming, if he was black, people would have a problem with him. (laughs) I will say, I want Will Greer to be the best player that never sees the field. I want Will Greer to come out there and play a couple of preseason games, and then you hear the coaching staff, we've never seen a player pick up a complicated offense like north turner's like to the degree that will greer is this guy is doing all the things on and off the field that it takes to be a starter then i want to see cam newton have to come out and unstrap his chin strap for a second Chew some chewing gum And then Will Greer go in there and complete a pass And then I want to see Will Greer Maybe play one quarter As the Panthers have Coasted into the playoffs And then I want to see the Panthers trade Will Greer for two seconds Or a first next year
4: Yeah listen Let me let, let, let me jump in on, on a few different scenarios right? Listen we are on this podcast Every Tuesday night confessing our love for numeral one baby we don't have to prove anything to anybody because it's documented we love Cam Newton I've told you all Cam Newton is the only reason that I have been started to give a damn about football again Okay, Cam Newton is that important to me but what I can also be is an adult and talk about it this way here are all the scenarios now that Will Greer has been drafted okay let's say he never sees the field as we all want, then, hey, we might have a Jimmy Garoppolo on our team, you know? We might have a player that we're going to be able to trade for a a first or maybe a second-round pick in, in, in another few years and be able to move up and grab another player that adds to our football team. But let's also talk about all of the money that Seattle just decided to pay Russell Wilson. Mm -hmm. They paid him the largest contract of any player in NFL history. They just drafted – You bring up
7: a great point, Tony. You bring up a great point.
4: The Carolina Panthers, in two years, have to decide, and we already know our answer, but they have to decide, are they going to make Cam Newton the richest player in the NFL? I Aren't hope they do. do, do. For, for, for if for they Cam do, Newton? that means things
2: are going great in Carolina. If they don't, it, it means does. we suck.
4: And that's what, what I wanna I wanna bring up um what um what Josh from Mass said. This might light a fire under Cam Newton's ass. You know, you look at the talent that we have on what, the football Wait, is he going to have team. to
2: up up his dressing game now because Hollywood Will Greer is in the building? Is he going to have to wear Cam more bracelets Newton.
4: now because Hollywood Will Greer is in the building? No, Cam Newton might say, y'all must have forgot who the fuck I was. Let me I'm show you MVP. my ID. I'm the MVP <laughs> of this football team. That's what Cam Newton might have to do, and I have no doubt that Cam Newton can do that we rebuilt the offensive line. We're going to do new stuff on defense. I'm telling you. Now we have uh, better receivers on the outside with Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore. Greg Olson is back in the fold. We already know McCaffrey is a monster. Right now, Cam Newton has the weapons to have another MVP type of season. The offensive line is 100% retooled. We are ready to go. If Cam Newton cannot continue and the shoulder is a problem, then they drafted a premium insurance policy from Charlotte, North Carolina. Pro Football Focus had him rated as their number two quarterback in terms of big-time throws uh, being made. He has 72 touchdowns in the past two seasons in college football. That's second out of all quarterbacks. Will Greer is a badass player and we have something on our hands um that we're definitely gonna have to monitor going down the road. I
2: love the Cam Love in the chat room. Love it. Man, he's the king of swag, as Underground West says. Boy, Jake Delone says Cam doesn't need a fire in his belly. He's in Fuego. I'm telling you guys, we're Cam look, is that I'm not that I'm not upset about the Will Greer pick. I'm not ecstatic. You shouldn't
7: be. I, if you're a Panther fan, you should not be. You should be excited because um, you're in a perfect position. If Cam says, "Hey, I want," you know, "I want forty million a season," um, Carolina is in a position to say, "We'll, well give you we forty one in the future." Oh. <laughs> and we can't afford to pay you that much so have a nice day i,
2: think, oh, I so, hate to I say think, it
7: like that but that's the fact of the matter
2: but cody's saying this too as well i think is probably the best point is that like is that we have considered ourselves irrelevant if cam goes down if cam goes down this year we will be irrelevant don't act like will greer's gonna come in here and get you to game win maybe i don't know but maybe next year, you know, what I'm yes. saying, you know, I'm saying, maybe is is that it's not even a referendum on Cam and the forty million. Maybe we give him forty one, Joe. That's what I would do. Later. no, but no, is that no? Exactly right. Is that there has been zero? I almost, I was ready for the. I think the Panthers made a statement. They said that we're not going to entirely tank if Cam has to miss three games of the season.
4: No. No, that's 100% what, what it says. And listen, we're all fans of Cam Newton. If we all know who Cam Newton is and, and the player that we believe him to be, is anyone worried about Will Greer taking the starting job? I'm sure as shit not. I mean, Cam Newton is, is the man, and we all know this. If he comes back healthy, I cannot tell you the weight that will be lifted off of my shoulders when I see Cam Newton shut the football down the field like I've seen him do so many times but I guarantee you if you see him do that and he is back to being healthy I know he's training every day like he shows on the video blog that he puts up on YouTube the man takes it serious Cam Newton is in a position to have another career year and I mean that and if Will Greer being behind him uh, lights a fire underneath him and really kind of gets them going even more. Pretty boy, pretty boy, just sit it.
2: there and look pretty. Sit there and look pretty because we got Cam. And I tell you this, is nobody will ever question Cam's commitment to rehab and his exercise regimen. You want to talk about a disciplined person, you're not going to ever say that that's the criticism about Cam Newton, that he didn't put in the work in the offseason, that he wasn't no. in shape, that man is always in peak shape You know he's given 110% to the rehabilitation Process So is that I do think When you come back to this pick at the same time Guys even if you didn't trade This really goes back to the trade moment When we're talking about Greg Little People are not upset About yeah. Will Greer They're they're upset about who you didn't get At 77 They're upset. I think this is arguably the Panthers don't trade up for Greg Little. They pick at 47. They pick at 77. I still think you get Greer here anyway, and the Panthers still make the same decision. Really, this is a wash to me, is that this is a true fourth-round pick, in my opinion. That's really what I think we dedicated to it, honestly. I know it feels earlier than that, but I don't think that this was an overcommitment by the Panthers And I don't think they overly sacrificed At some depth positions that they could have in other ways Now, I guess, was the Do you just not do it? But they did it They did it So that's it Is Will Greer I don't like him because he's a pretty boy he don't belong in Charlotte He's definitely not a Charlatan.
4: No, let, let me know. I gotta push back on you a little bit here, <laughs> man. No, because I've actually I, I've followed Bill Greer for a little while. I mean, I'll have to get in trouble for That's what I want to
2: know. What do you okay, get yeah, in trouble so for? yeah. So what
4: happened was he was at Florida, and the same thing that happened to Dexter Lawrence this year from Clemson happened to him. He wow. took a sub. He took a substance, and he didn't know that there was um, performance enhancing. I thought that, that was just called, called the pump. pump. No, that's not the problem. That's not the way. Yeah, you know what I mean? Maybe so but he, uh, uh, so he, he took a supplement that the football team um, hadn't approved of. It wasn't on their list of approved supplements. And it had something in it. And, I mean, you can have a tainted supplement buying something from your local GNC. You mean like Thomas that, Davis like, did? Yeah, that's a, yeah, kind of what happened. What we think happened there—it happens to MMA fighters all the time, and they appeal it, and they they end up winning the appeal. So that's why uh, he ended up transferring from Florida to West Virginia. He broke North Carolina records throwing the football. Um, he is a family man. He has a daughter. He's married. Uh, he really Picks is a perfect. down-to-earth, picturesque. He's a down-to-earth guy. He's from Charlotte. Um, He really is a nice guy. He's not down to earth. His brother is a dancing with the star person. That's his brother, man. Imagine judging someone based off of who you're not. Those are his brothers on dance. I've never heard of his brothers in my entire life. They're Instagram models. They're Instagram models. I I have never heard of them in my entire life. And apparently, one of them was on dancing with the stars. Um, But listen, he's a good guy. He's down to earth. And I'm happy for him, man. At the end of the day, he's living out his dream. He was just drafted by the hometown football team. So I'm happy for him. I'm a Carolina Panther fan, and I pull for my Panthers, and he's a Carolina Panther. So I'm happy for him too, man. Congratulations to to him and his family. I'm not down with people on Twitter that are bashing him. He had no choice of where he was drafted. You know, he had no choice in it at all. So I'm happy for the man. And I am not worried about Cam Newton or his starting position for the Carolina Panthers. I tell you this, you're
2: listening to the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest news and opinions from the fan perspective. Right now we've had over 50 people watching all night long. Come on, guys. 29 thumbs up. Give us a couple more. Smash the thumbs up button. If you're watching on Facebook, Periscope, Share whatever the best way for you to share the show with a friend is. And if you're watching, let's go ahead and do this. Make a commitment. Right now, we know this, is that Panther Nation is growing. We hit our 25th season, I believe, at this point. What we're trying to do is build a stronger fan base. That's really what we're doing. We're trying to grow Panther Nation. And you can do that by subscribing to the show, sharing the show with one friend. That's it. Send the show to one friend that you know is a Carolina Panthers fan I know they will enjoy This community that we Are just a part of Now guys, what one of the biggest parts of the show Is this, is that we continue To jump in, well we want to Develop that fan conversation And fans can be a part of the C3 Panthers podcast By calling into the cat calls line The number is 252 228 1598, that's 252 252- 228-5098 And you can be a part of the longest running Panthers podcast And here we go Let's go ahead and jump into these calls
3: You guys, what do you got to say? So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty s*** sh- You shouldn't do that to somebody And
8: how did that make you feel?
1: Uh, very uncomfortable
8: So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel?
1: It, it feels a two, good like and that. Three and a four and a, Who's that in the back corner With his face buried in his nose?
0: Morning, C three. Just calling in to say hello.
2: Uh, first off, I don't get to call in that often, but I appreciate your show. All I do is
4: drive, and you guys mixing those hours go by nice and smooth. Anyway, we're at uh, Actually, got one, two, three rounds done.
0: I love the pick so far. Third round pick, obviously got everybody a little, a
2: little worried, but I'm not worried. Well, I'm curious. <laughs>
4: What do y'all think this is going to do for either Kyle Allen or Taylor Heineke's
3: Oh,
2: great question. I don't
4: question. see us keeping four quarterbacks. Let's one away on the practice squad, but that's kind of a waste of space for me. Anyways, what y'all think? Y'all take care. Keep counting.
2: What a fantastic call you got right there. Cody, let's talk about this for a second, is that we've talked about where Will Greer and if you were happy with the Carolina Panthers committing. But at the same time, you have a group of people in the background, two, three people who have said, Kyle Allen, he's got potential. Uh, Taylor Heineke. There's like, is that the one thing that I have said about both of those guys is, is we know who they are. And that is if Cam Newton goes down, we trying to tank. Will Greer, I think, signals bye bye to both of those cats.
4: Yeah. yeah, Listen, I mean, Kyle Allen, uh, he was at one point in time, the highest rated quarterback in high school that didn't pan out. Um, Taylor Heineke has a noodle for an arm, no offense to the young man. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm just, uh, yeah. Will Will Greer is, is a much better player than, than all of them. Um, then, you know, so in my mindset, uh, you know, it, it'll be some good depth. It'll be a good battle for the third spot between Allen and uh, Taylor Heineke. Um You know, I'm just, um, I, I, I'm excited, man. I, I really am excited, and I want to address something. I see Michael Wade talking in the chat room, uh, but also people are saying, "Well, the worried that Cam Newton still isn't throwing, neither was Andrew Luck at this point yet." I, I mean, what, why well, he waste didn't a bunch a whole of whole
2: season too? But, right, but he Cam doesn't season, need to but, be throwing either. There is no right. There is no
4: reason for it. Cam Newton to be throwing the football. I mean, people, uh, you know, ask like, uh, you know, he's been gone for so long. Cam Newton has done more for this team than than any other player on the on the roster right now. Expect I me mean, to Cam-
2: be super cautious with Cam Newton because coming off his last shoulder surgery, hardest word for me to say, shoulder. Shoulder-shoulder surgery is the last one he comes back And remember that first week of training camp They pushed him pretty hard And then they had to take their foot off the gas And shut him down for the rest of the time I would say just based on that history That the Carolina Panthers are cautious with Even if they believe he's day one starter To be pushing the limits of his rehabilitation Saying we know what Cam can do, and we actually saw what Cam can do when he can only throw 15 yards last year. So, no need to figure it all out at this moment.
4: Yeah, what you got, Joe? You there, Joe? All right. So, going back to this,
2: though, I want to ask this about Taylor Heineke. And look, you're not. going to dress who's the guy that we like to dress a third quarterback back uh, John, uh,
4: Kyle Allen
2: no back in the day like two two years ago
0: he,
4: oh Joe
2: Webb Joe Webb none of these the guys Joe are Joe Webbs the Carolina no. Panthers I'm sorry Heineke and, and Allen you guys are relegated if you have practice squad eligibility you better be scrambling for it because y'all ain't going to be with the team. Really, you ain't going to be dressing. That is for sure. The number is 252
5: Hey, Panthers Podcast. How y'all doing? It's G. Kavachi, hey, man. What's up, like Talk about the draft really quick. Me, personally, I thought we did pretty good this draft. Now I've been watching NFL Network and ESPN, and you know people always, you know, always gonna talk bad about our Panthers. They gave us like a C plus or whatever. You know, the hell with them, man. I think we drafted our needs. The only thing we didn't get was a safety, but I see that we picked up a safety and, um, you know, undrafted. You know, undrafted free agent that didn't get, you know, drafted or whatever, man. You know, so
2: I'm pretty happy
5: still thinking that, you know, we're going to pick up a safety. I think you know, you're right. I'm hearing Trey Boston or Eric Berry. You know, Eric Berry really hasn't played a Woo. season in two years, you know. Or, the,
2: or but uh, guys that you drafted I like year.
5: the draft, you know. And I'm sick and tired of people trying to make this a quarterback controversy with the, with the, the pick, you know say the quarterback out, out of West Virginia. I like the pick. There's nothing wrong with having him. He's not taking Cam Newton's job unless right. Cam Newton gets hurt. And everybody in Panther Nation knows that. So everybody stop trying to make this a big deal. That is Cam Newton's damn team. Everybody know that. Everybody. And before I go, please get off the New England Patriots fucking dicks. Excuse my French. <laughs> hey. They talking about, oh man, how do you let this one player go all the way to New England Patriots? Da 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 da. Man, their draft sucked. And I'm sick and tired of yep, people eating the New England clam chowder they're acting like they so daggone like they dominate <laughs> yeah they dominate you know why because they're damn bunch of cheaters everybody knows that everybody calls me a sour loser they're a bunch of damn cheaters i don't give a damn what nobody says if you can't see through the pudding Tell I G. Can.
2: G. you know what i'm saying It brings it I he's in every can. way so G. Um, G.
5: give me your thoughts on you know the draft and hey always remember keep pounding
4: man fantastic keep song pounding draft. man I love it, man. And listen, I love what you said. There's no quarterback controversy, and I'm gonna be real. I feel like I've already seen it kind of in our chat. I'm not gonna say no names. And listen, if you're excited about Will Greer, cool. But Tony and Joey, you and I both know that there is a large contingent on on Twitter and and elsewhere in the world that call themselves Panther fans that cannot stand
7: Cam Newton.
4: And, this, and, and, and look, this beautiful little white boy from Charlotte is like their dream come Hollywood true. Career. So, listen, do I, do I love that for Cam Newton? That now, I mean, he's put this team on his back since the moment that he's been here, especially this damn offense. And, you know, now he, he's going to have a portion of the fan base that are wanting him to fail so that way Will Greer can be the starter. Yeah, and that was part of the reason why yeah, I was like saying before the people. draft.
2: They're like eight fucking rednecks drinking. Oh, man, niceties. there's more than that.
4: No, there's more than those right. dumbass. There are a lot of those
2: rednecks that. drinking that shitty yes. liquor.
4: Yes, man, and they're just waiting for the moment to say that Cam Newton is no longer their quarterback. Let and me Will tell you this,
2: to piggyback on them. Bill Voth puts out a tweet after it's right before, it's right when uh, what's his name? Will Greer. I don't even want to know his name. Will Greer comes in to meet the media and do his little press conference. The one that I love I fell in love with uh, Greg Little, I didn't even watch. With <laughs> Will Greer, if that tells you anything. Second thing is this is that Bill Voth comes out and says, Hey, Will Greer comes up and asks each one of our names in the press and shakes our hands and he said i've never seen anything like that before and i tweeted him back and i said hey homeboy the backup quarterback has to be the most popular dude in town until he starts a damn game That he is he's he's fitting right on in look man be nice with the media look pretty over there brother because that's what backup quarterbacks do because you're going to look shitty when you get in the game. Now, nah, I'm not trying to wish bad upon you. We all know Cam is the man when it comes to this team. I'm not as upset with the pick, though, because what I believe that people who are upset with the pick are upset with it because of what we could have added had we had not made the pick. That is, could we have gotten a safety? Could we have added some sort of other element to this draft to really round it out? While I do understand that sentiment, I don't think we lost tremendously at the same time. So, Will Greer, you're here. You're here until we trade you. You're cool when you're over there looking pretty. But Cam Newton is the guy we want to take to the dance. The number is 252 Hey y'all, this is G.
5: Galarcier. Once again, hey, I was looking on Panthers.com and I saw that uh, interview that they did with David Tepper. Yo, oh, oh, look at this! Thing, man. He's coming you back. Know what, to saying? what he said about, you y'all know, are on the same he wave wants He wants to win on the field and then win in the community. This dude is doing a lot, man. But one thing, let me ask you guys a question, something that I noticed that you can agree with me or disagree. Okay, like I told y'all before, this was a good draft. But to me, yeah. didn't it seem like, doesn't it seem like Marty Herney, like drafted better. And the reason why I say drafted better is because the way I feel, I feel like David Tepper gave the keys to Ron Rivera and Marty Herney, unlike Jerry Richardson. I kind of believe that Jerry Richardson was controlling you know, Marty Herney, I just I have that feeling that, that he was really, really controlling him. Like, you know, don't pick him down. I mean, everybody has an opinion as an owner. And I understand that. And every owner should get that respect. But do you guys feel that way too? Because I do. You know, I feel like Jerry Richardson was like really, 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 really controlling, you know, um, Marty Herney, you know, with the draft picks, with the contracts. Let's not forget 2008, you know. We went up to – we played Arizona and got our asses handed to us. Then they turned around and gave Jake Dale a home all that damn money. That didn't make any sense. And, you know, and then Johnson, they extended his contract. But Johnson was a good player, you know, but they extended him. And, you know, it was a lot of wacky, wacky contracts. It was those running the backs.
2: It was the hurt running us backs. At the damn
5: end. So, what do, you, what do y'all think about David Tepper, man? Because me personally, I like him and I like this draft. I really, really, really do like this draft, man. I think a lot of people – I'm going to be surprised with this draft, man. And I'm telling right G's now, right. Man, Brian Burns is going to rip Matt Ryan's head off. And I cannot wait. Let's go. Go. I got a
2: Christian Amos Miller. Amos Curry, Let's go. Uh,
5: I predict, it's my opinion, I gonna be getting at least, at least five sacks this year. I want to say eight, oh, but he's that? a rookie. But I really, really see this dude getting five sacks. And I see us taking over the NFC South once again. So, uh always remember, y'all. Say happen. that.
2: That's a true G right there I think that, since there's a lot of merit to the To the discussion Of what is Mar- I won't say this Is that was Jerry Richardson Controlling Marty Herney and his tip or Not I would argue this Is that Marty Herney Has been near flawless since Jerry Richardson is gone
4: Yeah yeah. So, I don't know
2: what the relationship was like before that, but it has not gotten worse. Marty Herney has only gotten better since there was no yeah. JR involved in the schematic. So, that's my, my point on that. Um, when it comes to the Panthers, is that, I think G's right, man. Is that, I think all of a sudden, I think this is a really good
4: draft. It is a really good draft. I only disagree with G on one point. And I've already talked about it. I think he let Ron and Marty determine the players that they liked for the football team. They let them handle all the football personnel decisions. But I think David Tepper sat down with them and said, listen, I want to make sure that should, for whatever reason, if Cam Newton is not healthy and cannot throw the football down the field like he has in years past, we need a a contingency plan to be able to put out there on the field and be able to keep this train rolling. And like I said, he just spent $2.2 billion, I mean $2.2 billion on a football organization. He's trying to build a brand new uh, practice facility, either in South Carolina and North Carolina. All of it helps even more when you have a winning football team. David Tepper wanted someone to be able to be ready to go for if Cam Newton couldn't go any further, and I believe David Tepper sent out the marching orders and said, "Make it happen um other than that I, yeah I, I i'm I'm going to give Marty Herney the credit that he deserves. He did draft talent I mean, we've showed you all of them all these players are good value, and a lot of them were talked up as first round picks at one point in time, so I'm happy with it. It's the shame,
2: shame session On the Panthers podcast Like where Jerry Richardson The man who we tried to covet as this wonderful personality Shamed us in the end By saying jeans Friday I'm shaming you 10 people Who haven't given us a thumbs up And are watching right now G- Jump in there it's the J.R. shame session Here we go We're gonna be going the number is 252-228-5098 252 252 228 5098 you can be a part of the c3 panthers podcast let's keep plowing through with these cat calls
6: afternoon tony cody and everybody else out there um you know, post of the draft and i've just got off halfway through listening to a roaring riot podcast and i can't take any more So, I'm going to give my breakdown of why we messed the draft up. Um, You can discuss it afterwards. Anyway, first of all, it's not the players. Let's be quite clear here. Brian Burns was the number one on my board of what I thought would fall to the Panthers, and they took him. Fantastic-looking player. But, for me, our entire draft hinges on him being absolutely exceptional. And to, to be a bit Stephen A. Smith, this is why. I'm getting the feeling from particularly the Roaring Riot lot and other stuff I've seen on Twitter that the Panthers were completely in love with Greg Little, whom they took by trading up. Now, we all know that trading up is a disaster, especially for a player. PFF had him ranked as the 19th best tackle. They did have Caduce higher. um, And they had, um, who who went, uh, Titus Howard was ranked higher. Anyway, if it had been a possibility, the Panthers should have traded back in round one and taken Greg Little in round one. The reason is, they wanted him, and they could have had an extra pick. If, for example, Houston would have gone back and they'd taken one of their seconds in the 50s, they would have then Mm -hmm. had their man Greg Little. They then could have taken Will Greer at 100, and I've got no problem with that. They then would have had three picks in the second Mm -hmm. and third round. Instead, Mm -hmm. we go from Greg Little to Will Greer, and we miss out on basically everybody has said, the meat of the draft. We have absolutely messed this up. We could have had three players to replace the Brian Burns pick. One of them could have been Chase Winovich. We've already got Christian Miller now as our fourth round pick, which is great. There could have been an Adderley or a Thornhill. There could have been a Blake Cashman. There's just, you know, Michael Dieter on the O-line as well. So we could have had Greg Little and Dieter. And we could have had Thornhill. You know, we've missed out on just absolute quality coming in because they've played it like a pair of absolute muppets. I mean, I just, I, honestly, I despair. I love the Panthers, and I think I've, I've loved the interviews Greg Little's given. Um, it sounds like he's great in pass protection, but not so much. Running doesn't matter too much. Bear in mind what we had with Chris Clark last year. The chances are this kid will be all half decent. Um, I love Brian Burns as a player, but you have to think about more than that. What they've done is moronic. Everybody says trade back. And you go from four picks between 16 and 100 down to three. And you could have had three players in place of one. It's just, that's how you have to look at this. It drives me mad. You know, I mean, what's the difference long term going to be between Brian Burns and Chase all right, Cody, I'll let you
2: respond initially to that. I'm pretty sure he will also be the next call on the cat calls line.
4: Okay. Um, so, listen, I, I understand some of what Rich was saying about, you know, uh, moving up uh, a little bit. I do want to offer a bit of a uh, correction to something he said. He said that pro football focus had uh, uh, Yadne Kajus rated a little bit higher than Greg Little, uh, and they did not. They had uh, mm-hmm. Greg Little rated as their thirty-fourth player on their two hundred and fifty-player big board. So they had a high value on Greg Little. And um, while I understand what you're saying, and um, uh, you know, I, I do. I mean, mm-hmm. I wasn't necessarily at the time the biggest fan of a lot of things that they did one of the things that, that I, I do understand is that as the NFL moves forward, it's a it's a passing football league. And you have to be able to pass protect. And Greg Little offers us the opportunity to be able to do that. Um I, I have to say Rich, you know, you might you're my buddy man, but um I completely disagree with you on the differences between um Chase Wendovich and Brian Burns. Brian Burns has such a more tremendous upside, in my opinion, than Chase Winovich. Um, Chase Winovich is a good interview, but as far as a football player is concerned, I I believe it's a night and day difference um, from Brian Byrne to bring us to the table than Chase Winovich. Um, You know, I I personally would have loved to have added a safety uh, to this list. Brandon Herbert mentioned Juan Thornhill earlier. I loved him. He was my favorite safety in the draft. Um, and, and we didn't do that. Could we have gotten some better value at the picks that we had? Yeah, maybe so. But coming away and looking at the film from all these different players that we've drafted and what they've done on tape, I'm just not mad at it. I, I feel we generally did add to the roster with a bunch of very talented football players. So uh, I'm not ultimately too upset about it. When did Kajus go? Uh, Right after Will Rear, he went to the Patriots.
2: All right, so he goes third round. So I think this is that when you pick Greg Little, what you're doing is you're making a statement about this, is we're trying to get a guy who will not project as a right tackle. I continue to come back to that, is that we can pick a guy on the offensive line that we believe is going to be strong, Or we can pick a guy who we project that could become a left tackle at one point. Maybe even now. What I'm trying to say is this, is that yes, you can argue that there are other players out there who are good contributors, but they do not have, what they can't be is be that left tackle. They will never be that. You know that from the other, the way. So, on top of that, then you come back to the Greer position, the question. The question is, is this. Is, was the sacrificial lamb of the pick too much for Little and too less for Greer? I think that's the way I want to form the analogy. But we had our eyes on these guys all the way. When it comes to the safety position, Cody... Drafting a safety, while I know we look at the roster, we look at what we saw last year, and that is the compliment we want beside Eric Reed. but we did draft pretty high a safety last year in Golden. Are you ready to give up entirely on that? And I believe you could add a free safety and free agency. It's a cheaper route there. I'm not as concerned with the question or the issue that the Panthers did not aggressively go after a safety. I think it's a cheap position, particularly when you invested in Eric Reed
4: this offseason. Joe, do you want to uh, you want to jump in first, or you want me to go? I'll, I'll go first. Uh, so basically, what, I, what I'm, um, you know. If you want to play Rashawn Golden, I prefer Rashawn Golden as either a nickel corner or um, or a box safety. I'm not comfortable. I believe Rashawn Golden ran a four six one at the combine. He doesn't have the top end athleticism required to play the single high free safety position in the NFL. So I'm not in love with him at that position. Um, I think a lot of us were talking about wanting to move Eric Reed to the box just because um, you know he's not uh, necessarily the he hasn't proven to be the best free safety in the NFL even though uh, he does have potential to play that position and has before so with that said we were kind of really wanting um, you know a, a free safety to come out of this draft and that's why you know it is a little bit upsetting that they didn't um but I, I'm not um. Yeah, I'm kind of with Tony on this. I mean, it, it would have been nice to address it, but you know, hey, imagine if we pick up an Eric Berry, or even at this point in time, I'm happy if you put um Trey Boston up there, make him actually tackle when he has to tackle, and let him play a uh, single high free safety for the Panthers, and and, and let's roll. We and, gotta get the ACE
2: pick not- of the week to Joe. Probably fell. Asleep. I think Joe fell asleep. That's what I think Joe was doing. (laughs) I think Joe was snoring on the podcast. All right, let's keep going. The number's 252, 228,
6: That's ultimately going to be what this comes down to. Sorry, I haven't finished ranting because it's driving me mad. Yeah. So, yeah. So, for the future, I know they took him at 77, but Winovich we could have taken at the 47. We probably then could have had a Texans pick in the mid-50s because they had two. And then the 77. You know, the mid 50s we could have got Adley or Thornhill. They went after that. You know, maybe you could have taken Greedy Williams at 47 to pair with Dante Jackson, and then taken win- Adley or Thornhill and Winovich. I mean, the possibilities were insane. So you would have still had Greg Little and uh, and Will Greer, and Miller coming off the edge, and Winovich. And I just it oh. I don't know what they're doing. And then for Marty, oh, I'm not a great analytics guy. I mean, Tepper just needs to clear the whole lot out. I mean, I'm, I'm totally in support of the team and the players. Get it's the Cody. Way that they this got just there. It's like just Cody. absolutely ridiculous giving up picks to move forward for a guy that nobody had ranked that high. Okay? But then, take him in the first if he's your guy because you then would have had five years of him as your tackle and you could have got an extra pick. I mean, there would have been He's someone to trade man. with. He's Look how many great. trades went on in He's the 20s. Oh, anyway, I'm about to make a hole in the soapbox that I'm standing on. Um, other than that, <coughs> uh, yeah, love the Christian Miller pick. I think that's fantastic. Um, later on, I don't know. I'm not sure what the point of taking Scarlett is and then taking Holyfield as an undrafted. Oh, <laughs> somebody brought this you up know, in the and chat. chat and we and, do a and Christian McCaffrey. That doesn't make much sense. Uh, I believe Godwin's a pretty decent pick late on. Um, so, yeah, not 100% impressed. The flip side is I love Brian Burns, and I think he's going to be an absolute monster, and I hope that Greg Little pans out. And I think Dennis Daly might well make a fantastic left guard as opposed to a left tackle. Um, he's an, yeah, absolute, he's he's an absolutely immovable object. Um, yeah. But he looks far better suited for guards because his feet don't move very well. But maybe him next to somebody like, I mean, maybe that's the left side in time is him with with Greg Little. Anyway, I'm optimistic for the future, but I just wish that they had done this a completely different way. Yeah, we wouldn't have had Brian Burns, but we could have had so much more. And it's just ridiculous that they didn't. All right, guys, looking forward to your analysis today because no other Panthers podcast actually does any analysis. They just talk absolute guff. And I'm talking about you roaring right. You're full of guff.
4: All right, take care, guys. <laughs> Jeez, Whoa, it what we're funny, talking man. about here Rich,
2: is this. Rip
4: is coming in hot and heavy, man.
2: The, I like it, though. We have, I do think there's a legitimate look. Is I want to walk. I'm happy. I'm happy with this. I'm happy with Burns. I'm happy with Little. I'm happy with Christian Miller. Like, these are all good things for our team. The Will Greer. I'm neutral maybe less than half like I actually understand trading up for Greg Little I get that I mean, I do think that if you want to poke holes at this draft it's like hey is that Will Greer is not going to be any better than anybody else really why are we draft I think that's the achilles heel of this draft is that is we don't want him playing period anyway so why even have them, Cody, that's where we were at before we went into this draft entirely. Is that like we don't need a backup quarterback because it's Cam, Rodder or die. To me, if we yeah. want to argue about this draft, that's the point to argue over.
4: Yeah, it is. I mean, even still, even right now, uh, as much as I've told you from an evaluator standpoint that i like will greer as a quarterback um he still wouldn't have been the pick that i that i made um oh and hey i want to i want to do this now before i forget uh shout out to seven Slot crawlers who just dropped a 20 bomb showing some love in the chat thank you so much for the support man that's awesome tremendous yeah thank you for doing that man um and uh you know from listen, i it seems as though rich is more upset about the, the GMing of our draft and the not taking the Seattle Seahawks approach and, and, and trading down. And, yeah, that's good sometimes, and it is smart to do sometimes. But as a general manager, you know, once you've come together with all your scouts and you've met and you know the players that you're zeroed in on to make your football team better, you live and die by that board. And I feel that Marty Herndon and Ron Rivera, to their credit, And I've been critical of them. Um, I do believe that they did that. And I do believe they got the players that they evaluated most high uh, for the offensive tackle and the the defensive position, especially when you look at our defense and what we're trying to do differently in 2019.
2: It's tough trading back, though, sometimes. Like, it sounds good in theory, right? Is that it's difficult. It's kind of like, I always felt like this is I collected baseball cards when it was coming up i got tons, I've got thousands probably of baseball cards in my attic right now. I don't give a crap about. You can pick (laughs) up a Beckett magazine, they can tell you it's worth a dollar. They can tell you it's worth 50 cents. But it's only worth what someone will pay you for. At the end of the day, that's what it is, is that it's only worth what someone will pay you for. And that is, it sounds easy. I don't know if moving back, if you get, if the opportunities are there as much as we wish they were but on the alternative right there is that at the same time you saw the Steelers jump up right right before us two picks three picks right before right in there so teams were moving so while I'm sitting here lecturing people telling them that it's not as easy to trade back as we think teams are trading forward and other teams teams are trading back
4: yeah, they are. I mean, like I said, I don't want to sound like like a dead horse. I'm, I'm happy with. Uh, I don't want to be a dead horse. Um, I'm 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 happy with with what we did. Uh, Seattle Seahawks traded back a million different times, and um, you know I'm I'm happy that we got some top tier players out of this. Um, Jake Delome in our chat room says Greg Little versus Cody Ford, what's your opinion? If you would have asked me before the draft, I would have felt that Taylor Moulton was probably going to play left tackle. So before the draft, I would have said Cody Ford. Um, however, I do think that Taylor Moulton is a better right tackle. And and, and You that have sense, said
2: that you like to keep him on that right side.
4: I, I do. I, I think Taylor Moulton is a dominant right tackle that you have not seen the best of. So, for, from that perspective, now after the draft, I picked Greg Little over Cody Ford because he has so much talent and potential, and he is a true left tackle. So, yeah, to answer your question, if I'm saying right now, then, yeah, I am, from an analyst perspective, I am saying Greg Little is somebody that makes um, a lot more sense long term. For the Carolina Panthers.
2: Drafting for the upside. All right. The number's is 252
0: Hey, guys. This is uh, Jedi Jor. I just wanted to call in before the show. Um, this is a wild weekend uh, for all between the draft, Avengers Endgame, and uh, the Game of Thrones Season 3 episodes of the final season. It was a pretty exciting weekend all around. Uh, I actually was lucky enough to be in Nashville for the uh, draft. Um, I went to day one, day two. Uh, Shout out to the Music City Riot. They were able to get me up by the stage for day one for our picks. And actually got on stage for like the last seven picks. Got me one of those stupid draft hats. (laughs) with the uh, North Carolina and South Carolina <laughs> flag.
2: Brian Burns uh, wore it, i
0: for it. I'm going to wear it proudly yeah, this it, season. Um, yeah, you will. Right. Yeah, you will. And all around, it was, yeah. it was a pretty good day. Um, you you have to um, – if you've never been to an NFL event, the NFL really flexed all of their strength, uh, turning downtown Nashville into basically NFL land. It was so much fun seeing all the different panthers fans uh our Panthers fans actually uh put up a good show and I saw a good amount of us uh a lot more than falcons fans uh so <laughs> we could uh claim that victory overall the pick I felt the pick uh if you would have talked to me before the draft, Brian burns was one of the guys I was wanting to stay away from just because. Of oh, wow. the issues I heard with this motor, I was like, "We don't need a guy who's not gonna be." there 100 100 of the time, but um, uh, but you know, I've the last three picks: uh, Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, and now Brian Burns. They're all guys that weren't my guys, and uh,
2: now they are.
0: The the last <laughs> two have proven me wrong. Now so they are ours. I'm with you. Wrong as well. But um, other than that, that's all my thoughts. Uh, if you ever get a chance to go to Nashville, it's great. Uh, if you love partying and beautiful women, that's the place to go. Uh, i look forward to listening to the show tonight, guys. Keep having
2: Question this is that you see the draft come to Nashville. There's over 600,000 people to go see the draft. That is Jedi Jor who's there repping it. These guys are having a blast. They said it was an amazing experience but how come we turn on ESPN how come we turn on the NFL Network Cody and they have crisis actors as Carolina Panthers fans who when they ask them even the Panthers video Bill (laughs) Voth puts the microphone to a couple Panther fans and they say who you want to take in the first who you think they're going to take and they say offensive person and then he says well well, what about this can you give us a name they said defensive person and he's like, "You give us yeah. as an offensive <laughs> person." They, they're crisis actors. Who's the guy that's in trouble on YouTube? Who's the guy that I hate a ton? Who is uh, that said Sandy, hate, Sandy Hook was fake? Is Alex Jones uh, right Alex. now? Is these fans are Alex Jones, freaking plants right now? Come on, <laughs> yeah. put the C three Panthers podcast there on the stage, bro. We will be there. Cody will tell you exactly who you need to draft at number 16.
4: Tell you who to draft, tell you who to stay away from, tell you who to trade up to get, baby. Let's go. Uh, listen, I am. Uh, I agree with you, man. Like, I I, I kind of think, Tony, a lot of people, you know, even though I'm a draft nerd and we've had a lot of people on our show that are draft nerds, I kind of think, Tony, uh, a lot of people, and I've met so many of them, are more, they skew towards your end a little bit more, is that they know that the Panthers are going to draft a good player and don't know them after, but I've met so many people that don't watch college football. They don't know anything about the players. They're just, when the Panthers come on Sunday at one, they're hooting and hollering for the Carolina Panthers, and hey, that's great too, man, as long as you're a fan, Uh, but I feel there are a lot of those people, uh, more so than the draft nerds like myself. And they end up getting uh, tickets to be front row in Nashville. How? So. How? How? I don't okay. know. I don't know. How I that? honestly don't. Give know. us
2: a press pass. Carolina Panthers, I know you're listening. I know you guys yeah, come on. Listening. I promise you. They act like they don't listen. They're <laughs> listening and trying to sue. Why don't you butts give me a press pass? I'll get up in there and ask the real questions. Cody and I will be down there asking the tough questions, asking real questions. Own the fan oh, media. Yeah. The number's 252 228 5098 Here's CK to close the night out.
3: Hey, guys. It's Cody, or CK, from up here in Roanoke, Virginia. Yeah, uh, just so wanted to funny. call in and uh, kind of recap the draft. Now you know, we kind of covered the first uh, first round, but um, talk about the the uproar and Panther Nation with the drafting of Will Greer. And I think most people have kind of been won over by him, but Greg little, even dude, I mean, commented on your Twitter, uh, post about him. I don't know what it is. That dude has got my support through and through his personality just comes across as genuine. Um, he seems to really want it. And I kind of, I don't know. I get this feeling that this guy's going to be great. Um, With no other inclination other than the fact that I feel like he has a drive that you don't see very often. He has this willingness to learn and accept criticism. um, And he's got an appreciation for what has. Teachable. uh, Taken place. Yeah. And the fact that he's in the spot that he's in. He's almost grateful. uh, Or he is definitely grateful. Yeah. Uh, Christian Miller is probably my uh, favorite of the of the entire draft
4: a lot of people just are saying because
3: if you look at it and I know all the statistics come around all the time, he had the second highest pressure per snap out of all the defensive players that were on the board uh, over the weekend. Um, so I think there's a lot of value in him. In fact, we got him at four, especially since he was projected as a first-rounder at the, uh, you know, last year but uh, anyway man just wanted to call me come up on my time but uh, just wanted to put my two cents in and say I'm not too upset with the Wilker pick I think that I think that's I, a little I bit better the about exact same the way. situation if Cam's not ready I guess yeah
2: I feel Keep the going. same exact way is that I'm not that's upset not upset with that pick happy with the other picks overall right now I know that you graded them as a B-plus on Draft Tech, Cody. I read the I did. description. I'm ready to say A-minus. All right. All I right. mean, is that, only- I, I will give you this. Is The reason it's not an A is because we can quib- we can quibble over should we have gotten a quarterback there. Right, I will give right. you that. Right. Is that what gives I don't you know. that what is, is that that is yeah. I mean, you can maybe even take them down to a B if you wanna go that heavy and you are jerk you not you, but that's just where I'm at. Is like I, I think that's a fair assessment. I'm happy. Let's move on. All right, you're listening to the C three Panthers podcast. Brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com Where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan Perspective with the greatest fans That we know on the internet They're always here in the chat room They're amazing, they call into the cat calls line They are known as Panther fans and they Keep pounding Thank you for your support, subscribe, share All those things Cody, what's the last part of the show? What do we gotta do to close this sucker out?
4: We got to ice some fools up, son. You already know.
2: We got to ice some mugs up. This is the point of the show where we tell someone to ice up, toughen up, to get it together. It's our homage to Steve Smith. Cody, I'm going to let you go first because I'm still getting my thoughts together. I know exactly who I'm icing up. Surprise the Panther Nation, one of our greats.
4: Oh, okay. I think I might know where you're going, but um, I could be wrong too. Um, so, okay, Tony, you and I talked about this a little um, on Twitter, and we uh, we said we were going to fight about it on the show, uh, but we didn't. We didn't. We didn't get to it. So, um, I'm gonna I'm to go ahead and, and and bring this up now. Uh, they just released a new trailer. For Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, that's where we're at. Yeah, for Sonic the Hedgehog. And I got to tell you, man, uh, it looks like the dumbest shit I've seen in a very, very long time. Um, I'm going to mute it, But listen, man, I'm just, I'm not into it, man. Uh, One, Sonic looks dumb as shit. The the the, the storyline, it's like what what did they do? It looks so dumb. There are parts in in this trailer where I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh my god, dude, this is the corniest shit I have ever seen, man. Even the character design, the music, I, I'm just and I love Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey is in the movie, but dude. This is like a slap in the face to your childhood if you grew up playing this. Man, I, I don't know. I thought this is so bad. The pacing of the trailer was I weird see as it. hell. I should ice you Ice it. me up, man. Let's do it. Let's fight, man. I don't, look, I, I'm sorry, but no one... The, the people that go and see this movie, if they enjoy it, fine. But I, I, I know that this is a stupid movie. Before I saw it, man. I, I But before I even saw the trailer, I had a feeling it was going to be terrible. And then I watched it, and it just reconfirmed all of my preconceived notions. It looks so dumb, dude. So dumb. So dumb, dude. Fight me, Tony. What? What's say up, with, man? Wait,
2: say the two words you got to say.
4: Yeah, all right. I am icing up. This dumbass movie that is sure to be an atrocity dude terrible. I up this dumb movie and whoever decided to make it, man. I
2: right, am ice let, up. I'm gonna let Cody have that ice up pick. Thank you, Susan for your contribution to the show. We talked about this earlier in the beginning how unfortunate it is that some jackasses swindle good sports loving people out of some money money. You Do not have to donate to the show, Susan. We know your support, but we thank you for it in the same case. Yes. Susan was going to, the, was trying to go to the Carolina Hurricanes game tomorrow. She paid for some tickets, and people did. They stole the money. So that's jacked up. All right, so I want to go back to this ice-up pick real quick. I'm going to say this, Cody, you are entitled to your ice-up picks. But I 100% and totally disagree with this ice-up pick, first of all. <laughs> I would say this is when you sent me when you told me about. actually I saw your tweet about this is the dumbest movie I've ever seen dumbest trailer whatever so I looked it yeah. up and I like Sonic like it was one of my top games Yeah, like, it's sure. like, I loved it on the Sega you know what I'm saying I got my Sega Genesis and I played Sonic the Hedgehog for three days straight when I was 12 years old or whatever so always loved the game it was fun I thought it was a nifty kind of compliment to the dominant Mario Brothers on the other side. It's a different style, fast-paced, reactionary type game, so I always enjoyed the brand of Sonic, but here's where I'm going to tell you that I think your eyes up stinks, but I still am not icing you up. Dude, I went and watched the trailer, and, I, and both my wife and I watched together, and we come away and saying, hey this storyline is actually better than I thought you could have made the Sonic storyline. First of all, the fact is is that Sonic being made into a movie is the most challenging, is one of the more challenging thoughts ever. Right. That alone is challenging. So I was like, when you said, this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen, I was like, I'm expecting it to be terrible. It actually had some chops, bro. Which part? Did did any part The actors, The actors, there was actually a storyline of trying to save the world. I thought the shoes, I thought it was way better than I expected. So to you, I'm not icing you up, but I disagree. My (laughs) ice up pick this week goes to a Carolina Panthers legend. Arguably the best Panther ever. I say he's the second best behind Julius Peppers. Steve Smith. Steve Smith let Josh Rosen have it. He let him have it. Talking yeah. about how he was basically an entitled bitch. That's all he's... Basically is what he said. He's entitled. That you got, you cannot be upset that a team sees you as replaceable well this is what happens this is what happens the Arizona Cardinals are the hottest mess that you can ever ever imagine they go and hire Steve Wilkes Panthers like sacrificial lamb they fire him before he's even six games in essentially yes no did they fire him at game six no Did we know he's getting fired? Yes, that's my point. They didn't fire him at that moment, but they hired a guy that they had zero commitment to. They then went and drafted a quarterback in Josh Rosen at like five or six, very high, with zero commitment. So then the fact that Steve Smith is upset We're calling out Josh Rosen for being salty about the way the Arizona Cardinals, who did not tell him that they were drafting Kyler Murray from what I've gathered. They did not just say, hey, we fucked up. We're going to part ways. Keep it quiet. We're going to trade you. None of that is that they unfollowed Josh Rosen on Thursday night in the NFL draft in the first pick when they picked Kyler Murray. Steve Smith talking shit to Josh Rosen about how he was salty and upset about the way this went down when Steve Smith blew a freaking gasket because he heard about his own release on the radio. Now, I'm not trying to say that Josh Rosen deserves the respect of a Steve Smith because... Steve Smith is close verging on a Hall of Famer career at that moment. But at the same time, don't be critical about a player being salty about a team doing them wrong when you were salty about a team doing you wrong. Steve Smith, I'm telling you, to ice up.
4: Ice up, son. And to add a little bit of context to that, uh, he, Steve Smith had had went on and just threw Josh Rosen I mean, Under the, I mean, really rammed him a Crazy, like, yes. Hardcore. Over the and, top. And, 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 and then, by the way, if you look at how Josh Rosen actually handled the situation, dude, he did it with class, 100% class. He didn't ever complain about being traded. He put out a video to Kyler Murray uh, and to everyone in Arizona. Uh, he said, dude, there are starving children in Africa. My life is not that bad. Josh Rosen handled it like a gentleman. Okay. Listen, I know Steve Smith is a Panther great, but I'm glad that you did this Tony, because as much as I love the football player and I do love his attitude, there are times when Steve Smith just comes off like an old grumpy curmudgeon. Like it's just angry at like just innocuous crap, man. He was trying to fight Michael Irvin on the NFL network one day. Um, yeah love the player i'm not a fan of everything that he says and does um but yeah i'm I'm happy that that you uh you used the ice up on the founder of the ice up yeah and to
2: you sir touch your own ice and I, i i don't do that lightly because i i have forgiven i have understood steve smith's personality for so long so I understand that he can be over the top at times. But the fact is, is that he was so over the top about something that happened to himself. And just because Josh Rosen hasn't been through the growing pains in the league, this is this is not Josh Rosen. This is an organizational problem. This is a, a problem that they created. Now, whether they made the right decision in drafting Kyler Murray, I don't know. But no love lost there when it comes to I mean I don't know I'm just saying is that I would be jaded too I mean screw freaking the Cardinals too if I'm yeah. do I want to watch those Instagram posts nope unfollow your ass but I'm asking yeah. you to follow the C3 Panthers podcast because we're here every Tuesday night chopping up the latest Panthers news and opinion the numbers is 252-228- to be a part of the show on the cat calls line Cody how can they catch up with you on Twitter
4: yeah, at LAC, Cody Lack. Um, you can talk to me about whatever you want on Twitter. We have now officially reached the dark days of the NFL season. There's going to be a whole lot of nothing going on, but we're going to be here every Tuesday night chopping it up. Um, hit me up about whatever. Uh, I wrote my final piece for Draft Tech with the draft grades. Um, much of it is what I've said here tonight, but go to Draft Tech. And uh, DraftTek.com and check it out. And uh, that's it for me, man.
2: All right, man. Look, we can take a hour show that we were plowing through the material at a great pace and turn it an hour and a half later. Still here chopping it up. We'll be back next Tuesday. And we've got special guests coming on. I've got some film analysts coming on uh, to the show to help us break up Brian Burns' pick. So we're going to have a lot coming down the pipe. Don't worry. We'll be here next Tuesday. Thank you for your support. Keep pounding, guys. And uh, that's it. Keep pounding.
1: This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
8: Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks.